Hey, we're live. This is the Victor Podcast, episode 199. Wow! 199. I'm Brandon T. McClure. With me, as always, in quarantine cast realm of the burning hellfire that is Los Angeles, uh, is Ben Magnet. Yeah, still here. It's hot. It's really hot. Sparks it's, ready. it's very warm. It's very, very warm. And Ryan Eliopoulos. What what they said. I agree. <laughs> it's a scorcher uh, this week. Um, yeah, so this is we are back again. We're always back every week like clockwork. But this week I got something for you guys. It came in the mail. I'm so excited to show you I'm so excited. This unboxing that I got from our good friend at Geek Fine Art. Oh, oh! so I'm just a live, a live unboxing, guys. Exciting stuff. Downright nerdy. I stole this from you. Being, uh, being open right now. That's what's happening. Okay. Oh, I should have thought about this quick. Okay. Boxes and hey, that that means it's a they prepped it well. That's good. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Yeah. I know exactly what it is. Having a little, little oh, trouble. Killing audio listeners right now. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, guys. This beautiful Batman Beyond print from oh, Geek Fine Art. What it is. Yeah. And in the We're background there. is our logo. Yeah. Who would have thunk? We still exist. Along with two other podcasts, right? Yeah. Uh, Pinky's out and Downright Nerdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very awesome. That's how you know we made it. We did. And we're, we're still around we're in the gra- future. We're graffiti in a piece of fan art. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that and I, I had to do it because Batman Beyond is great. I'm not going to lie. I probably will buy that print at some point. Oh, no. Yeah. For me, it's not probably. It's Will. Because mm-hmm. he actually messaged me. He's like, hey, you still buy a print? I was like, yes, I am. I'm waiting until I get paid on Friday. So I got paid and I need to, I need to get it. Oh, uh, hello, hello from Japan. Hi, Titus. Thanks for, thanks for always stopping by. Okay, uh, Yeah, I, uh, the only reason I say probably is I, I don't feel like I can justify doing it until I get some of the other art I already own up. Yeah. I own too much. Yeah. I have yeah. let like four posters go over the past two months. I was like, really want it. I don't think I can justify it, though. Yes. Yeah, I, I've been working on my office wall, and I was, you know, I have a spot saved for it. So I figured I should should jump on it right now. That's awesome. awesome. On it. Yeah. Um, if if you guys don't mind, I'll finish up my week. I didn't do a whole lot, so it's going to be really quick. Um, I finished the breakfast. I started and finished the Breakfast Club, uh, off of Sparks' recommendation on Netflix. Babysitters no, Club. No, you didn't. The Babysitters Club. Yeah, you did. <laughs> That's the show I'm talking about, not the Breakfast Club. The Babysitters Club on Netflix. Uh, yeah, that show was charming and cute, and those those actresses are pretty good. I think uh, I think they got a long career ahead of them. Yeah, uh, Zara loved it. She read the books when she was a kid, so you know, okay. it, was, it was right up her alley. Now that you watched it, I want to talk about how mad I am that uh, she fixes her friendship in the last episode, and she's not going to be a member of the Babysitters Club. I hate it. We're, oh Don't yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, I agree. And it's like, no, nah, she, but she's she lives in New York, so she's not going to be part of the club. And I'm like, that's stupid. She's great. Well, I think it's uh, you know what? Honestly, I think she's going to be in the next season. I'm sure she will be. I just don't think she's going to. I wanted her to be a regular. Yeah. I, because I knew the, the, other, the other two that they just added, they're yeah. going to be regulars. Yeah. Yeah. The other two were like, yeah, we're going to school and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, well, we just found some new characters for next season. Yep. Yep. 
Um, and I watched Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, the verse, the first one. I was in a pirate's mood. That movie's so great. The movie holds up really well. Yo, yeah. Um, despite what that franchise became, that first movie is still an Oscar nominated. Like that movie's still incredible. Like I've been yeah. watching it for a couple of years, but like that movie still is like one of the greatest blockbusters ever made. Like no contest. Like just the production value, the acting, like it just everyone's the under- the effects hold up so well. Twenty years yeah. later. Yeah. It that yeah that movie is wow the best the best adventure movie since The Mask of Zorro. Mm. And I don't think anything's taken that title since. Mm. The Adventures Joker. of Tintin. Huh? The Adventures of Tintin. Uh, okay, let me clarify. I'm not like, serious. No, but I think Tintin deserves its place. Okay. People have to know that movie exists. I though. wish Tintin <laughs> didn't get forgotten because I think it's high quality animated entertainment. For real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, I posted on, on, on Instagram when I finished it. I was like, I think this is one of those very few perfect movies, honestly. That movie is incredible. And yeah. I, I love it. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, just I remember watching that movie opening day, thinking that the movie was going to be bad because like because when it first came out, we were thinking it was like it's based off a theme park ride. Oh wow, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, Not that movie that we thought was phenomenal. I was well, that, that final, movie. that final fight between Jack and Barbosa. Oh, so great. Uh, the the effects work in that in that is incredible and it holds up so well and it's so crisp and perfect and it, it it's it's shocking to me that it came out as long as it did and it's yeah. like. The the lighting is specifically designed so that the effects know where to put their skeletons, and it's yeah. so seamless. I don't think any, any Pirates movie that followed has ever recaptured the perfect balance of humor and drama that that one did. It's always leaning a little too hard in either direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the, the sequel, the first two sequels, I think lean too close to comedy, but Black Pearl lean too close to drama. Not Black Pearl, uh, Blackbeard's one. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Also, you, also, there's just great dialogue in that movie. Like when they're fighting, and it's like, and Barbosa's is like, "So what are we gotta do, Jack? We gotta be fighting for all eternity, or he could just surrender." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just the quips in that movie are great. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I do think that that just because we're bringing it up, I do think that final fight scene is fantastic. But for me, I don't think any fight scene in Pirates ever tops the one on the wheel in the second one. That's pretty good. The second yeah. one is my favorite one, if I'm being That's honest, a really good because one. Because I think yeah. Davy Jones is still, like, if we're talking about, like, special effects, like, maybe, like, still for me, one of the coolest, like, effects for a character. Like, yeah. again, that movie also came out, like, like almost, like, what, 15 years ago at this point? Like, when did that movie More. come out? Yeah. I, and yeah. Jones Emma was in high school. Yeah. Still, still looks great. High school, you're right. I and saw, I went to the third I one's know. premiere in high school. <laughs> right. Oh and, my God. And one of the, one of the best movie villains of yeah. the modern age. Um, just like his whole crew, like the hammerhead designs, like, oh, like the, the eel guy, like I, the I was. That his beard was, was an octopus. Yeah. Uh, he had the, an octopus crab's arm. Yeah, dude. Like those movies. Yeah. I, I, I want to, let's, let's get back to there. Can we get back to there? I miss that. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, uh, as Ryan said, his second is his favorite. Three is actually my favorite. Mm-hmm. um i for for me three is is really really a lot of fun and really great um but that first one and i think everyone can agree even if your favorite's five which you're a monster but um the I first one is still five. the best i thought they only made four yeah they only made oh, four. you're right they only made four yeah never heard of a fifth one um but then i've been also going through outside of that you know i've, I've been uh been working on my place unpacking still we played dead by daylight the the four of us a lot uh, a lot there was a lot and, of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, go Freddy Krueger. Um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of fun. And I was, and I've been watching, going through Adventure Time um, on the season four of Adventure Time now. 
Um, I did not realize there were almost 300 episodes of that show. Hell yeah. There's 10 That's seasons. All. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just slowly, uh, after yeah. season four, I think was the last episode I saw. It just yeah. like, every, all of it went over my head. You and I are like in the exact same boat, Brandon. Like I marath- like I would watch those first couple seasons like on repeat and then just something happened where I stopped. And then it's like years later and like, how many episodes are there? Oh boy. I don't, yeah. I don't remember when Princess Breezy shows up. Um, she's the She's the bee princess. You haven't met her yet? No. Okay, cool. Because I want to talk to you after that episode comes out. You get yeah, to that. They, that episode they, is the one that's cemented for me. Like, oh, Adventure Time is going to like have kids a decade from now that go, oh, I understand what this meant because they won't have gotten it when they saw it. Yeah. Yeah. The last episode I saw, like I've already been introduced to uh, to Marceline's past and Simon's past and and kind of all like i've met the lich so i know i've seen like the under and susan strong and all that so like i'm starting to see the the world building and the continuity uh but the last episode i saw was the the bear just returned the enchiridia into the snail which is a sentence that makes total sense if you've seen the show i know i know exactly where you are yeah oh man it's so sad the the, the way things fell out with that bear yeah um so what i find interesting so basically what i wanted to say about it was like I, I'm sad I dropped off of it, but it's exactly the show I would make. Like, it's got my humor down. This kind of stupid, ridiculous way, like, doesn't make any sense moments. Party, party Wolf is a wolf head that lives in the clouds with a party hat, and he parties in clouds. Oh, City. I remember Party Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. Also, but also, there's episodes where where it's a snow goblin learning how to love a, a firewolf puppy, and like the continuity with a deep, with a really deep backstory, and it's got the pay attention to continuity, but it's so wholesome and wonderful for children still, and they don't need those moments to make it make sense. Yep. yep. Party Wolf. Party, Party wolf. wolf. He's a god. He's a god of parties. Uh, yeah, that show is. I mean, that show is brilliant, and and I think the. I'm I'm so sad it's taking me this long to finally like try and finish it. Did, you know. Did, I should, Sorry, go uh, go ahead. I was, was going to say, I shouldn't be surprised. One of my favorite cartoons this past decade was Star vs. the Forces of Evil, and her best friend is Pony Head, which is a, literally a floating head of a pony who uses her but, who uses cell phone so, on the fly. Star vs. the Force of Evil is super creative and awesome and definitely takes some cues from Adventure Time, but trust me, nothing beats Adventure Time's craziness. I bet uh, I bet. The, the, the wildness that it goes through. And then, like, it's always something super bizarre happens, but then it totally like justifies its existence in the continuity of the world still. Yeah. So they ben, for example, do, but they always end up doing it. Like you don't need the explanation, but you get it and it makes sense. Ben, for, for example, there's a snail in every episode and one episode that snail becomes a character. Yeah. And so like, it, it, and, and then there are moments where it's just like the ice King will say something stupid, or there's a deer that for six months had the candy people all in, and and all trapped underneath the candy city, and he just takes off his hooves, and he's got fingers underneath. What the? F- that's a great. Yeah, that's, that's a classic. That deer gift. is yeah. one of the scariest things. <gasps> look who it is! Oh yeah, we look we just, who uh, it is. Your, your ears must have been burning. Yeah, yeah, you missed it, man. I, I unboxed it already. Great work, love it. I'm buying mine tonight. So I forgot to order mine on Friday, but I'm buying mine tonight once we're done here. Love it. Cheers, to um, you. Yeah, so so uh, I'm really enjoying Adventure Time. It's 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 brilliant. Uh, every awesome. episode just gets better. I, I gotta tell you, like, please, anytime you want to talk about it, hit me up. I love talking about that show. 
Yeah. I, I, gotta, I got, I want to revisit it so badly, but right now my priority is I got to find some time to sit down and watch the BMO special. Cause I haven't done it yet. It's out. Yeah, it's out. The BMO oh. special is out and I haven't watched it yet. So much stuff. Oh my God. Uh, also Voltron maybe. Um, I mean, <laughs> let's talk. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean like I'm in, I'm in season three of Voltron. So yeah. Uh, Hey Netflix, if you're, oh, sorry. Geek fine art says, thanks guys. Appreciate the chat. Of course, dude. Thank you. Um, Netflix, if you're listening, uh, Voltron final seasons and Joel Hunter's final seasons, where are they? Let's go. DVD. Come on. We're in a pandemic. Netflix has pretty much put DVDs out. Even better. Just a complete series Blu-ray sets. Mm -hmm. There you go. Time deserves and didn't get either. Give it time. Do you know what infuriates me? The UK always gets those. The UK has Blu-ray sets of all these things. They deserve it. All of them. We don't deserve (laughs) it. They deserve it. We need to earn it. We need to earn it. Okay, but that's really all I got. Uh, I'll go. I didn't do much this week again. Um, So, yeah, I'm still working. Now, I think, Ben, you're not working right now, right, at all? So, yeah, I'm the only one working, which really bums me out, let me tell you. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, No, it's not your fault. It bums me out for you. Yeah. um, uh, So, I beat, I only had, like, an hour left of the Spider-Man. Yo, cat, stop it. Our cats are feeling it tonight, you guys. Let me tell you. Like, uh, I had like an hour left of the Spider-Man DLC. I didn't think I was going to finish it just because I, I wasn't really feeling it, to be honest. But um, I had not, I wasn't feeling anything else. So I was like, I'll just finish it because I'm, I'm almost done. And that final like mission or two are really, really good. Okay. Um, they, they do. I do think it's worth it. Also, you should definitely finish it because it absolutely sets up the Miles Morales game 100%. Oh, okay. Straight up. You know what that makes sense? Because, 100%. because right where I'm at in the Black Cat part, they just had a part where Miles like called people while he was so swinging much. through the city. And he's yeah. like, hey, man, what you doing? He's like, I'm kind of doing Spider-Man stuff. And Miles is like, oh, I just wanted to talk to you about, you know what? It can wait. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, oh, Miles, what? Brandon, you beat it, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, because uh, you are going to beat it, so I won't tell you like the fine details. But like, I'm, I'm going it, to. It, over the course of, the, of like the six or so hours yeah our cat's going crazy dude over the course of the game like you start talking to miles a lot at mj a lot and it actually literally um silver sable is really essential to the plot and actually the stuff between her and spider-man at the end is really good and like she finally yeah. opens up because she's a very secluded like emotionally reserved character and she finally starts to bond with spider-man and they have some really good comedy together which makes me excited for the future of, of hope she's still involved um yeah, but yeah the setup stuff with miles is really cool and now i'm like i'm it, it kind of almost is essential now to playlist if you kind of if you want to know where the stories started. Sure. Um, because it explains what's going on with Peter and what's going on with Miles and what's going on with MJ. It is straight up just like here's here's spoilers. I don't think everyone played this DLC because it explains what the next. Game I think is. more people probably played it at this point than didn't because I think a lot of people ended up picking up the like definitive edition that included yeah. all of it automatically. So they probably did. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people that ended up picking up Spider-Man later Good. and are playing through it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, if you can get that thing at a discounted price, um, the DLC is f- fun enough. Um, besides that, um, uh, I, I did a lot of research or, and I knew that right, I knew there was a reason why I liked the DLC, but every time you brought it, I was like, no, he's right. Why did I like it so much? And then you're like, no, the ending's like, right. Again, like, it ends strong. The actual story stuff is like, it's pretty good. It's just everything surrounding it is very like lazy. Whereas like the main game, it's not. I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is like the gameplay missions right now when I'm doing the Black Cat stuff is this is all post the main story stuff. And I'm fighting really basic goons who Mm -hmm. are weaker than the last dudes I was facing. And it feels like a step 
backwards. Yeah, and so it definitely like challenge. I'm like, this is not it gets, hard. At this I point. promise you, it gets super I, hard. I believe it, but like where you start, like the whole. I think like I'm almost done with the black cat part, and I can't imagine it getting that much more challenging. Yeah, with the goons that you're facing, and I'm like, this is a whole first section coming out of that part of the game where you don't have to work very hard at all. Yeah, especially because yeah. you're at the point where you have a ton of stuff. <laughs> the cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, well, it's your week. Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm more about Spider-Man. Um, so uh, I did that. Um, we are talking about something next week, so I'm doing a lot of research into that. So I'm spending that was a lot of my free time doing that. Um, a lot of my free time is spent with you guys killing y'all and being killed by y'all. Uh, getting annoyed by cats constantly. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else did I do? Um, I did research on that. She she heard me. She's coming towards me. Um, she just left halfway across the room. <laughs> Uh, oh, so really? I did research on NGE, and then I did research on something else. And I forgot what it was, but I spent a lot of my week doing it. But I'll uh, I'll probably you remember did. halfway through the episode. You also did Downright Annoyed. Yes. Thank you for someone reminding me. I did Downright Annoyed. We talked about Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is a fun movie. That that link is in the description below if you want to check that out. Yes. Um, Harrison Ford, by the way, carried in Blade Runner 2049. I forgot. I didn't. I can't believe you didn't mention that. I forgot, but you know, like when when you're looking through a dozen things and one is only sticking out, it's hard to notice it sometimes. That's fair. Uh, but uh, you, you guys, that was in your discussion when you guys were talking about what the next week's movie is, which is Cowboys and Aliens. Thank yes. you. I love that movie. Yes, you love that movie because you have a nice poster of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, very, you had a, valid, you had a very nice, valid. You had a nice ex- yes. experience. Yes. Yeah. Definitely exactly. not the movie at all. Haven't seen it in years. Yeah, I, I really like the cinematography of that movie. Oh yeah, that very hey, Batman vs Superman looks great too. No, I mean, no, I mean, like specifically because they explain how they went out of their way to make it like the shots are designed to be like West the West same West. shots they would do with really old westerns, the uh, exact same way yeah. they tried to use the exact same techniques. Nothing fancier. No, I guess that's why it's so of. boring. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I can't help it. Not saying I it. can't. I can't. I'm not saying right. it. I'm just. But... I, I just hope I'm wrong because my memory of it is just like, wow, you made Iron Man. <laughs> we'll see we'll see um besides that uh that's it you read some comics i i read you want to talk about any of them oh you're right I like deceased uh I, you're right i read i bought a bunch of comics but i only read a couple of them thank you for reminding me i don't yeah. remember uh yeah the first uh dc sequel book dc dead planet came out spoilers that's a book about all the dc heroes becoming uh, evil zombies because of dark side um the sequel book is very good very strong first issue it is exactly what uh, when we first learned about it, what I wanted the 5G to be, the legacy characters taking over. And it is exactly that. You got John as Superman. You got Damien as Batman. You got uh, Ollie and Green Lantern Dinah on the team. Um, it's so much fun. And it and the, the uh, premise of it is so strong where I'm like, okay, I'm actually invested in where this is going. Um, and Tom Taylor is just, he's the king at alternate stories. Like Injustice was dope. Uh, he has the characters' uh, uh, voices down. Like, yeah, Tom Taylor's great. Highly recommend that zombie book. I uh, you reminded me. Uh, so the uh, Generation Zero one shot face, uh, free comic book day issue, yes, was released this past week. But in the trade paperback of Flash Forward, That's which was which it was originally solicited to be collected because free comic book day was supposed to already have happened. Yes. Um. So he. Uh. So they they kept it in the trade. So I read it because, hey, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that that's pretty decent setup to what I think 5G was meant to be, which was Wally going through the timeline and seeing what the new continuity is. Yes. Um, which is something that I'm always kind of interested in. And then whatever the hell 5G was supposed to be after that. But yeah. 
I do think there's a rewrite in it because it's like Wally is like I can see everything. I can rewrite the. I can fix. I can mend the 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 multiverse, and I can make it make sense again. And blah blah. blah. Oh, what? Something's happening. What? Oh no! Someone else is already doing it. I have to kill the Batman who laughs. Oh geez, Louise. To be continued in death in death metal. Oh okay. Well. So I was like, uh, okay. I have to kill the Batman who laughs. Wally, you're gonna come back to us one day and just be yourself, and we're, it's gonna be fantastic. It's just you're yeah. just gonna be serious and fast, and that's all we need. Um, but yeah, but, everything yeah, that happened with Wally, the most disappointing promise of rebirth so far. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, because like we got Superman, we wanted back, and we got Doomsday Clock, kind of. Yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah. But that that was kind of what I was thinking of. Is Wally more depressing than the use of Doctor Manhattan? Um, I can. I can forgive Dr. Manhattan because it's Dr. Manhattan being Dr. Manhattan. Sure. It's not Wally being a serial killer or Wally being Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I just, I would just love that. We, we talked about it. We talked about it when we were talking about Doomsday Clock and we all agreed like Wally should have been a part of that story. Yeah. The whole point well, was that Wally came back. Yeah. Like Wally coming back signifies rebirth and hope and everything. And then it's just, he's he a serial killer. So intertwined with that stuff. Like, it seems like they're retroactively doing it by making him Dr. Manhattan because he wasn't actually involved. And I'm like, yeah. that just, okay. I've, I've, I've read all the stories where he's Dr. Manhattan. I've yet to see a reason why he should be. Yeah. He could just be Metron. Batman was, I don't, I wouldn't care about that as much. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, the, one more comic that I read um, uh, was the X-Men comic I got this week, the new actual X-Men comic, which was X-Force. And X-Force 10 is fantastic. That continues to be like the sleep, not sleeper surprise because it's very popular, but like the sleeper hit of like people didn't think it would be as good as it is. And now it's like, it's every issue. I'm just like, damn, they're doing some really good stuff. Um, yeah. It's super violent. It's super romantic. Uh, the stuff with 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 the, the, the threesomes going on with Logan and Cyclops and Gene, like they're just confirming it. Like nobody's business. Who gives a shit? Um, X-Men continues to be great. I cannot wait for that 30,000 issue crossover event, Excess Swords. Did you see, did you read the interview where they were like, yeah, it got bigger thanks to the pandemic. I'm like, how, what? <laughs> because just there are a bunch of people stuck in their houses and they're just brainstorming ideas like this, exactly like this. And they're like, well, shit, we need more issues. Let's just do them. We got the time. Yeah. But do you have the money? Right. It's like one of the one of the interviews that I read today about the the X books and what the status of them is that they've had to cancel some that aren't that were going to come out. And they're like, yeah. because of the pandemic, we're not going to do we're not going to do some titles that weren't announced yet that we were going to do, but we're going to do other ones. And so, I just hope that means the Moira book is still coming. Uh, I, she's integral to the plot, so like that yeah. is definitely guaranteed more than maybe like one of the side character books. Right. I, I apparently, uh, Children of the Atom is on the chopping block. We're not sure yeah, if that's, that's actually coming out. That's, I saw that. I saw that rumor. That's hella disappointing. I hope that's not going to because that is like. I hope that actually will. That's super release. anticipated, man. Yeah, I'm dying for that. Oh, and speaking of X Men, Ryan. I mean, all of us are reading X Men. So all of us, guys, the free comic book day X Men issue comes out this Wednesday. We got to pick it up. Uh, you know, what? I was thinking about it, but now I'm not. <laughs> oh, the first X Men, uh, the first X Men movie, Days of Future Past, is officially on Disney Plus. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and you can still see Logan's butt. Hell yeah. But it is it uncensored. a road cut? Nope. No. Mm, not yet. Road cut's better, to be honest. I agree. Uh, I'll go. Do it. Because uh, yeah. we live together, yep. so some of our things are connected. Like, we watch Doom Patrol. Uh, so right. we're caught up. And uh, 
that had probably the greatest single like minute and a half gag Doom Patrol has had up to this point. Yeah, I, tw- I, I tweeted about it. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, yeah. the entire show's existence is justified for this one gag, and it's probably going to be online so soon. So um, good. I'm sure you're going to end up actually seeing it somehow uh, because it's kind of a standalone bit. Yeah. But it's so funny. Holy crap. Uh, I love that show. That show's incredible. Doom Patrol for life. I agree. Um, we did uh, We did some other stuff this week. We all finished Wasted Space, What's Out. Yes. And we did a book club about it. That isn't on did. YouTube yet, nope. but it'll be on YouTube tomorrow. I promise. I promise. It'll be on YouTube probably by the time you're... Uh, no, because this is live. Probably by the time you could listen to this episode, but not watch it. But there, listen there only, it'll be up. So, maybe. It'll be up <laughs> Monday. Uh so that definitely happened. Um, also, Mortal Kombat Basement Arcade. We've got like two at, two left, and that'll be that are, the next one will be up for that tomorrow too. Whoop, whoop. Ryan and I are currently working out a new Basement Arcade to come out. It's true. Nice. Um, I did a whole. Uh, you can kind of see it. You can kind of see it behind us. Uh, my back, the back corner back there has totally changed. Yeah. Um, I swapped out. Uh, two shelving units back there for two different ones. And uh, a whole new comic shelf has moved into our kitchen. Um, I've got a whole new setup. That was a whole day of uh, organization and work. Um, And while I was doing it, I was doing two things. I was listening to a podcast talk about NG, Neon Genesis Evangelion. And then I was watching Neon Genesis Evangelion throughout the week. That was a lot of my week was watching it on Netflix. I've watched... uh, I, went, uh, I finished watching the director's cut episodes of the original ADV dub, and then I started the Netflix one. Um, mm-hmm. And I was telling Ryan that, uh, yes, and I've reached the point where I'm at in the Netflix one. I know for sure you guys did watch the director's cut episodes on Netflix. 100%. Right. You did. Um, those original pieces are very different. The things that they left, like, you got so much more context than I did when I watched it the first time. Right. Uh, and I was going through the ADB dub. So when I was watching those director cuts episode, I'm like, this kind of repaints everything. Uh-huh. So I'm uh-huh. totally ingesting new information I never had about uh, the show. Yeah, interesting. So that's been fun. That's been fun. Uh, I'm excited uh, for a discussion about it. Um, Humble Bundle right now is doing an awesome bundle called Be the Change. Uh, it's available for I think 18 more days, and uh, if you use 20, if you spend up to 20 dollars, you get all of it. It is like a thousand seven hundred dollars worth of content this is all a lot of comics a lot of books a lot of audiobooks all black creators all black voices and it all benefits uh black lives matter and charities so uh this episode isn't sponsored by humble, humble bundle but I, <laughs> and i'm really really uh i'm really really pleased that i that this bundle came out i think i encourage everyone to get it um even if you only want to get like uh, one of the lower tier prices, you'll still get a crap ton of comics and some good books. Yep. A lot yeah. of worthwhile stuff. Uh, I was I was anticipating this ever since Gail Simone started tweeting about it. I, uh, I, I spread the good word of Humble Bundle everywhere I go. Uh, I check daily because they have great bundles of yeah, comics, movies, video games, uh, yeah. audio dramas, everything. And 
Um, they're for extremely cheap prices and they almost always all go to charity or you can choose to do half charity, half to the developer. Right, you get um, to decide where the money goes. Yeah, you can give it all the charity you want. Um, but like, yeah, uh, specifically the last couple of months, this isn't the first time I've done this. They've done this at least once a month where it is thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And uh, it's like a lot of sometimes older stuff, but it's still a bunch of stuff. Uh, and all of it goes directly to a charity to help. Right. This was, this, to my knowledge, was the big one that was a big push for like black voices yes. that they were getting like a whole lot of uh, really important uh, black books. There's a lot of like, you know, real life memoir stuff to this and everything. And uh, they, they put it together really well. Uh, Gail Simone did say that like this is the biggest content wise bundle that Humble Bundle has done. I love That's it. Awesome. Uh, so uh, I highly encourage everyone to check it out. Well worth supporting. Um, you get so much crap for 20 bucks, guys. It's insane. Uh, as we mentioned before, there was a whole bunch of Dead by Daylight this week. Yep. Um, Ryan and I uh, watched another episode of McMillions. We're making our way through that documentary. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yo, man, corruption. It's crazy. It is pretty crazy. Um, I, like that. I like that docuseries a lot. So I do movies once a week with a couple of people over Discord um, to just like have a moment where we get together and watch movies. And this week we watched a movie called Predestination. And, I've uh, always wanted to see it. I haven't seen it yet. Never uh, mind. I don't totally recommend it. Um, I mean, like, go in with an open mind and everything. Uh, the best, without me spoiling anything, here's what I'll say. Like, usually, because uh, we kind of ba bantered about it after we watched it, and I think we distilled it down to this. This is the thing we didn't like about it. The, usually a film gives you a whole lot of setup of the universe's rules and what's happening and how it works. And then the thing that makes the story interesting is a, is a conflict and how that conflict is addressed or resolved. Mm -hmm. This movie is set up with no conflict. Interesting. And so that makes it so that by the end of it, you're kind of unsatisfied because you just kind of learned about this world, but nothing, yeah. nothing really was confronted or changed. I bought it on DVD ages ago and I just never, I never got around to watching it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely take your time with it. I'm not discouraging people from watching. I'm just temper your expectations. It's not, um, sure. there's good things about, like there's good performances in it. Um, hey, Ethan Hawke, it, I'm sure. It relies, it relies pretty heavily on twists that are super heavy handed and you can kind of see coming a mile away, but it pretends you can't. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, there's that. Uh, I watched two more episodes of Stargirl and I like the introduction I'm of other characters, but I don't, Still don't love our main girl. I'm an episode behind. Uh, then you're still further than me. Um, okay. So the episode with Wild Tiger, where they go to the hospital, and she's just like, I'm going to go. You know who I But anyway, yeah. I'm going to go cut the power to the hospital so that you can hide in darkness. The glowing staff. Kill a lot of people. This girl is so incompetent. It's very hard to root for her. Yeah. She should not be doing what she's doing. She's bad at it. New people she brings in are automatically better and smarter about it than her. It's very hard to root for your protagonist when she's this incompetent. Mm. And that's that's a big struggle I'm having with the show is that she's bratty, a know-it-all who doesn't know anything, and she's being really bad about it. And she keeps bringing up Starman being her dad so much. I'm like, I am actively rooting for you to find out it's not true. <laughs> so confident about it. I want you to be wrong. <laughs> Who have you been introduced to now? Uh, the last episode was Our Man's Son. Okay, and so... Then, like, I really like him. I really like the story about Yolanda. Both of those characters, I liked how they were fleshed out. I liked their backgrounds and everything. They're really enjoyable parts of the show. It's Stargirl, who I can't 
connect with. I, I keep just getting angry with her. Yeah. Because I don't know why she's even like, she's, she's not contributing really other than like making people do things. And she does it in the worst way. She's like, hold on, let me give our man's son this trinket from his father. That's going to give him some special ability at a party just in front of all these people let's just do that oh no it's glowing hey you know what maybe we shouldn't do this here and it's like maybe you shouldn't have brought it here do this anywhere else yeah really bad. I, I, don't, I definitely i definitely don't disagree with you um but i don't know i still i still like it i i understand like there are yeah. things i like in that show she has just written really bad yeah just written really bad i uh get on board I do know, I do know that they have addressed kind of some of what you're saying as like a char- as character flaw that I think they're going to try to actively work to. But I don't know. I, I'm only on, I only saw part one of a two parter, so for sure, I get, I get you. And the last thing is, um, today uh, I watched almost all of season one of Glow on Netflix, which has been on there for a long time. Gorgeous yeah. ladies, wrestling. gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Uh, that's an awesome show. I'm really enjoying it. Um, Alex and Brie, right? Yes, Allison Brie, a uh, really solid cast. Uh, not what I thought it was from the start. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time to do character development, and I actually really appreciate it. Uh, really enjoy it. Nice. And that's uh, that's been my week. Ben, I did a whole lot of stuff this week because I didn't go to work. Strap in. Uh, no, nah, it, it's it's um, obviously we played a whole lot of video games. Dead by Daylight. Uh, when I told you guys that I wasn't, when I was officially not going to work for a while until other stuff happened, that um, I still have my job, thank goodness. But they're like, "Yeah, I'd stay home until things get sorted out." I'm like, "Okay, don't have to tell me twice." Sparks was constantly like, "Hey Ben, you know what game you should buy?" I'm like, "What? You should buy Dead by Daylight." I'm like, mm, "We're playing it all together." I'm like, Let, let's be clear, everybody yeah. was saying that. Everyone I was the one yeah. who was pushing hardest. Oh, you even gave me ten bucks to help me buy it. That's correct, because uh, because it became too. Ex- I think thirty dollars is hard for me to say. Like, yeah, buy the basic game package. If you got like extra skins and stuff with it, I'd say hell yeah. The game's four years old, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a it, it's still very popular, which is why it's it's still somewhat expensive. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you're. I'm glad well, you're the reason it. why I bought the version of the way I did is because if I were to get the physical one, because the all the Best Buys close to me, they didn't have a physical copy, and they were doing a sale on it. Right. And, then, and then it was like, oh, you can have it shipped to you. It was like, cool, when's the latest? They're like, oh, what? Well, the soonest we could get it to you is by July 17th. I'm like, no, <laughs> not happening. So I just went ahead, so right. I went ahead and bit the bullet because I wasn't going to wait. Um, I mean, two days, sure, I could wait two days, but I wasn't going to wait like two weeks until I could start playing with you guys. Yeah, I get yeah. you. Yeah. So besides that, I also have been playing a whole lot more of Animal Crossing recently. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I started playing when Fanny first got the game for her birthday, and I only, I only like touched it once or twice here and there. But this week was the week where I actually started playing quite a bit. I was going between Animal Crossing and Trials of Mana, and even today, I Fanny woke me up. She's like, and she was handing me a, the switch. She's like, "Babe, turnips. Today's turnip day. You gotta buy your turnips." Sundays, and I'm, and I'm like. I'm like half asleep walking around trying to find this turnip lady. And I'm like, where is she? She's like, oh, you have to find her. I'm like, what? When uh, when I, I didn't find this bitch? Are you serious? Yeah, it's not that big. Uh, no. When when I in, when quarantine first happened and the game just came out, 
um, that was one of the ways that I was able to keep my days like like I don't actually lose track of time super hard or anything, but like like oh I know Wednesday is when this guy comes or it's always Sunday for the stock exchange and like mm-hmm. that game was a nice um like daily reminder of just doing like chores but fun chores. Yeah, I mean because I'm I'm playing a little bit more. I paid off my house and then I decided to make it bigger, so I'm like another hundred ninety thousand bells in debt again. Ben, it's going to happen 10 more times. I know. I know it is. You have like five rooms. I know. I was talking to Fanny because Fanny, babe, are you, is your house all paid off? Yep. Yeah, her house is all paid off, but she's been playing every day ever since the game came out. I yeah. haven't. So for me, it's like, okay, I'll just go. I've been jumping back and forth. I finished my first playthrough of Trials of Mana. I unlocked New Game Plus, And then I realized, it's like, all right, because in Trials of Mana, there's six characters in total to play as. And two of those characters have intertwined storylines throughout the game now the thing is you have to because there's like their main character that you pick that you want to play it that you're the avatar you are when you're in towns and the one that picks first when you're out in the wild and you're fighting monsters and stuff and you have your two companions if your main character and one of your companions aren't like the two compatible ones their stories aren't going to intertwine even if you have a main character and the two companions that do it's not going to it's not going to do that and yes mag i did do the fish tournament mm-hmm. in uh animal crossing Oh, yeah, it's always fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was great. I got so much money off of that. It was awesome. So I did my first playthrough, and I'm like, oh, I have to do another playthrough. So I got um, – so I have the, I brought in the two characters that I had and the one who had those stories intertwined. But the cool thing about New Game Plus is that my the two characters I had before are like – they're level 75. They're like max level. So every time I go fight a monster or a boss, it took me three hits to, feed the, to kill the first boss. Just no problem. I'm like, I'll take my characters overpowered for 200, Alex. And I have the one, my one main character who I haven't played through a story yet is just sitting in the back watching my other two characters just like wreck their shit. I love it. Yeah, it's once again, it's a fun RPG. I really enjoy it. And the one of the big things I did rewatch this weekend that I haven't finished yet is uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, I thought you were watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I rewatched uh, the extended cut of Fellowship and Two Towers. Those films are masterpieces. And I haven't started Return of the King yet because the only copy of Return of the King I have is the theatrical cut. Still don't have that extended cut, but I will eventually, someday. Uh, you, you just reminded me because we were talking about, I meant to bring it up earlier. I, I did watch a movie. Uh, it's come out for a while, but um, just rewatching, and I was like, oh yeah, this is really enjoyable. Um, Wonder Woman. Oh, oh yeah, Wonder Woman again. I've heard uh, of it the other day, and uh, still holds up. Still great. Yeah, I think it was really good. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Oh, and the other thing was, uh, I saw on your Instagram thing that you were watching Lord of the Rings, and I was like, because you kept like posting yeah. little snippets of it, and I mm-hmm. and Megan was like, "Where are you going through?" And I'm like, "Oh, Ben's posting Lord of the Rings," and she's like, "Oh, he's watching Lord of the Rings again." Doesn't he do that like every month? No, not every. <laughs> Like watch Lord of the Rings every month? Yeah. No, I have from her perspective. Uh, <laughs> you watch Lord of the Rings a, is a lot is the joke. Uh, I wish I did, but nope. Those movies are too long. There's not enough time to watch them all. <laughs> you should put them on like other people put on Friends in the Office. Mm. Yeah. That's except- constant circulation. Those yeah. movies are those movies are on our posters. The scratch off movie posters. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I still yeah, need to watch anything because Ben and Fanny can't come over. Yeah. 
That's how it works. Yeah. And also, and also, yeah. we agreed for the Lord of the Rings that that's the extended cut that we need to watch all of them. I still have never seen Return of the King extended cut. Well, when we have seven hours, we'll definitely do Yeah, it I mean, I have them all. I know you do. I don't yeah. have them in Blu-ray, though. Oh, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want them in Blu-ray. I have been wanting them in Blu-ray. For... That's the only way I could get Return of the King extended cut is on Blu-ray now, because I can't find the DVD anywhere else. You don't, besides... you, you don't want DVDs. You don't want DVDs anymore. We're living in the 20th. No, no, I want I want the Blu-rays. It's, I want the Blu-ray extended cuts. I want I want those so bad. But besides Lord of the Rings, I also watched uh, End of Evangelion in prepare in preparation for our 200th episode for the first time or again. First time. Okay. Oh, I thought yeah. you'd already done that. Nope, I Wait, watched. What, what's you watching? Sorry, I got an important thing. It just End of Evangelion. Up. End of Evangelion. Oh, End of Evangelion. He did tell me that. Yeah, that's confusing. We'll talk about it more, but well, obviously, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got some stuff to unpack there. Dang, I thought you'd already done that for sure. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was nice seeing a a different side of the story, but at the same time, I'm watching. Once I get to the end, I'm like, what just happened? I can't wait till next week, guys. Don't worry. Papa will explain everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just for you guys know, um, next week is our 200th episode. We had plans to do it in person, but sadly, we cannot. The world. Uh, uh, sadly, a whole lot of people in our state just don't take the coronavirus seriously, so we can't justify it. Yeah. Um, oh. So uh, uh, we are going to be doing another another uh, another video episode, but it will be episode two hundred. We're going to be talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion. Sorry, my phone's blowing up. It's true. For two, for only the series and end of Evangelion, and technically Death and Rebirth because that's yeah. That is the director's cut episode. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So yeah. let's uh, let's get into our bread and butter. Was Beans. that it for you, Ben? Yeah, that was pretty much was. Bees, nice bread and yeah. butter. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay, okay, not in my ear, thank you. Did you guys? Did you get? Okay, look. Did you guys read my 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 headlines? I did. Uh, no. Nope. Do you have any questions for me, Ben? Why do you name him like that? Because I'm I losing my mind. No, since you're bringing this up, wait, wait, I have to bring up something. Since you're bringing up, did you guys read my headlines? I send you funny emails every time I send you a picture, and you never say anything about them. Every time I make a joke. That's fine. That's true. That's true. I'm only saying I'm losing my mind because for those of you guys, for those of you guys at home, when I write the rundown. I used to do a thing called... Oh, um, is that the thing to Gilligan's Island? It's the theme song to Gilligan's Island. <laughs> so when I am when I used to write the rundown, for weeks now, I've been writing uh, for... We got like a miscellaneous section of like things that don't necessarily belong in like its own like little block, but things we should talk about. And I would say, and the rest, because the first season of, Gillig- of the Gilligan's Island theme song doesn't end with the professor and Marianne. It ends with, and the rest. I think that's hilarious. So this week I just became insane and the headlines are just with Gilligan, the skipper to a millionaire and his wife. And it's just the whole theme. It's just the end of the, of the Gilligan's Island theme song. So when I looked up the Google drive to, to watch the trailers today and I, I saw that, I'm like, what the hell? The Gilligan skipper. It took me, it took me till like just a few minutes ago to realize that, Oh, this is from Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Uh, I'm losing my mind guys. All right, let's do it. Um, so, so we do, we, after that fun little anecdote that I'm sure nobody cares about, um, I, uh, we have some sad news, but, uh, Ennio 
more forgive me if I mispronounce it. Yeah. Mea Kone. <laughs> nope. Sorry. I, I couldn't hear because he was, I was talking at the same time, so I didn't for hear sure, what. For sure, go ahead. Ania Morricone. Um, yeah, uh, he passed away. He was a famous Italian film composer. He passed away at the age of 91 due to complications from a fall that caused a hip fracture. Uh, coincidentally, that's actually how my grandmother passed away. So I, I know how that can become a become a big big issue, especially at that age. He uh, is arguably, I wouldn't say a uh, film composer. I would say arguably the most famous film composer, maybe, uh, that regular people know. Uh, next to John Williams and stuff. That's yeah, I was going to say, like, I think John Williams is the only person yes. who was possibly more famous. Than uh, but this dude's been doing it for 20 years longer than John Williams. I, I mean, like, he might not even be famous by name because I mentioned it to Megan when it happened. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's really sad. Okay, let me, And, let me, and, let me and she was like, she was like, well, well, who is he? And I'm like, he's a really famous film composer. And she's like, would I know anything? And I went, wow, wow, wow. And she's yeah. like, oh, no, he died. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> and I'm like, everybody knows it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Rephrase. You might not know him, but you have absolutely heard, heard his, his music. He's yeah. been composing yeah. for 50 years in Hollywood. Some of the most famous movies of all time. Um, you worked with Tarantino. What was that? You worked with Tarantino. Yeah, uh, he yeah. did uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, yeah. Love yeah. it, love it, love it. He's he's done a lot of incredible film work. He leaves such a massive body of great, great music. Yeah, uh, yeah. lived a long life. Nothing to be ashamed of. I think um, he was, you know, I think he was kind of still working. Maybe not full time. Like what? You know, still working up until the end. Oh yeah, he. I I remember that like he was still working on stuff I'd heard two or three years ago, and I was like, "Dang, still, yeah. still doing it." Yeah, that that man, that man worked hard. He had a incredible, passion. incredible, iconic soundtracks. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. So uh, it's a big loss to the, to the film composing community. Really is. Um, so we do have some COVID pushbacks. Some more movies this time are horror movies. Or leaving the year, so uh, Halloween's canceled. I'm pissed if it is. <laughs> no, no, um, no. So Candyman, we knew that Candyman was pushed from its June 12th release date, but it has now been dated again to October 16th, 2020. So it is going to try and come out this year in October. Uh, <laughs> anybody want to take any bets on February next year? I'm willing to take that money. I'll take yeah. that bet. I think uh, I think that's probably what's hey, going to happen. Hey, when's when's Tenet coming out? August in theaters only. Yeah, Christopher. man. Come on, Christopher. I think I think Christopher Nolan's going to force the theaters to open. Cool. I hope Tenet's worth it. I mean, I think I think realistically, he's they're just going to keep incrementally pushing that date back. We're going to watch everything else take giant leaps, but Tenet will always two go weeks, like two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> Until, until it can Inception. be the first movie that gets people back into theaters, darn it. They're going to just then, keep inching that line. Inception is just ke ke keeps trailing behind at it. This point, at this God. point, he's going for the record for the most announced release dates. It's got maybe... Probably. And that movie's yeah. like four years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Nia DaCosta's Candyman uh, coming out October 16th. Oh, okay, Mag. Yeah, mm. right? For real. For I'll real. see that raise. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, wear your mask. Buy Fickner podcast mask. Link in the description. We sold a couple. We still have some more. That's true. Link in the description. Um, all right. And Halloween Kills was pushed from its October 16, 2020 date uh, to October 15, 2021. So pushed an entire year. That's uh, which means oh. which means also its sequel was yeah. pushed an entire year. 
So that's Halloween, uh, Halloween ends was pushed from October 15, 2021 to October 14, 2022. So we got a we got a, a quick little tease, which is cute. Um, I kind of wish we didn't even get that because this movie is 15 months away. Mm-hmm. That is so insanely far away that I, like I'm just I, it's a, it's it's a cute little scene, but I'm like, wow, this movie must be almost done then if you're showing us stuff. It like, definitely it was. Is. It's it's That's what I mean. It's like. 15 months is such a long time. Don't even think about that movie. Think about the movie that you already saw that we can't talk about that's not coming out until like three years after you saw it. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> Which you said was already pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Anyway. You never told us what that was. I've told you guys multiple times. Have you told Ben, ben and I? I know you told Sparks. I definitely mentioned it multiple we'll times. We'll talk about it off air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Halloween Kills teaser trailer did drop. It was kind of it's a little clip. Um, I honestly, I loved it. It got me so hyped. Yeah, for that movie. that's exactly why I'm mad because it got me so hyped for 15 that's, months from that, now. That is kind of the upsetting thing is because it's like that's cool. This is this is probably like this the, is a, what video games do all the time. They right, this is a trailer. This is a video game teaser. I was gonna say, <laughs> and we see it in four years. Yeah, it still looks great. Cool. I can't wait to see it well, in, in, in a year and a half. Um, we knew that the Forever Purge was pushed from its July t- July tenth, twenty twenty release date. It would have been this week, uh, this weekend. Uh, but now it's been redated to July 9th, twenty twenty one. Didn't give us a trailer, so baby, that never <laughs> had any marketing. It's crazy. That's so crazy that they didn't they they announced the push now when that movie was supposed to come out now. Right? Yeah, like, it, we knew that we knew it was taken off that date, but we didn't know for what. Yeah. Um, and then Monster Hunter, guys, I'm so sad about Monster Hunter. It's oh been no, oh. September fourth. 2020 to april 23rd 2021 oh no oh no uh astra i know you love monster hunter um (laughs) i hey man it's it's the guy who made resident evil movies those are dumb fun that's that's not that's all i can hope for for a monster hunter movie i'm not going to go watch the godfather i'm going to see my my problem my problem between the posters and the clip and the not the clips but the but the images we've seen this week it looks really cheap um I mean, to be fair, when we saw the Terminator Terminator Salvation foot uh, pictures and they're just firing like this, like that, I don't think that's a good indication. That For movie me, is a oh, huge. I, I, I understand. I understand. But when I'm looking at that, and I know Paul W. Sanderson hasn't had anything resembling a big budget in years, um, so I can kind of see like, oh, they picked Paul W. Sanderson because they wanted oh, yeah. like a future. Oh, 100. Uh, yeah. percent I think for me, like the thing that's got me the most, like. Mm, about monster hunters i'm like this just doesn't feel like the aesthetic i want yeah yeah from, from that from how vibrant the world of that game see, is but this we feels haven't very literally seen nothing from it so i don't know what it looks like i can't say that we've seen one picture of them in the desert i don't know what it looks like sure it's not fair well, we have the new picture with her with the dual blades which was also in the desert also in the desert yes i'm gonna give me a trailer before i shit all over it because I've i'm not shitting the... on no, it. no no i'm just saying, saying like no this yeah is the thing i'm not that... praising it. i'm just saying I, I i can't hate it without literally knowing anything about it I well, it's like, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying I hate. I'm not saying I hate it either. But oh, it's yeah. like you know, it's like I'm still criticizing Uncharted for casting Mark Wahlberg as Sully. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what he's going to do in it. But yeah. I still think it's not a good choice. It's true. You're right. But I'm not hating on it. I'm just criticizing what I've seen. What yeah. I know. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, I played a Monster Hunter game where there's a desert involved. So for me, it looks exactly what it looks. For like. sure. Exactly what it looks like. So I'm gonna wait for a trailer, uh, and it's probably still going to be bad though. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, w. W. Sanderson directed Pompeii, and that was a great movie. Um, That's a lie. <laughs> um, all right, man, I shouldn't have done this. I don't know what these topics are. Um, a millionaire. Um, the CW has found and cast their new Batwoman in uh, 
Javicia Leslie. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. Um, she is an African-American actress from um, God Friended Me, most recently, which is a CWTV series, aired for two seasons. Um, and she is an, she's a, a self-proclaimed out bisexual, taking on the role of Batwoman, of Ruby Wilder. Yeah. Ryan Wilder. Ryan, Ryan. Wilder. I was going to say Ruby. They're, they're taking Ruby. No, Ruby. No. That, that'd be That'd be, we- that'd be Ooh, weird. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ryan Ryan Wilder as Batman. I, I mean, no disrespect to this actress at all. Um, I still hate the whole idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I still don't love that in the casting process, they didn't care about ethnicity, which to me says, at least for the first half of the season when they're working on stuff, uh, there's not going to be anything relevant about the fact that Batwoman's suddenly black, which mm-hmm. it should be. It shouldn't be colorblind if Batwoman suddenly changes. Gotham City should have a reaction to that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it will be because it's not. It, it's not like they were casting with the intention of telling a specific story. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they'll like at some point pivot to doing that, but it won't be an initial reaction that Gotham should have to this. Yeah. I expect. I don't know. It's. They're not in production yet. Who knows? Things can change. Um, But even still, just the idea of wiping out uh, Kate Kane, I don't like uh, from that universe. It's your whole supporting cast being based around that character. It just doesn't uh, make a lot of sense to me. So um, I don't don't see this as a smart move. Yeah. Oh, we said that when when we talked about... For sure. And this is still where I'm at. And I'm glad that it's a... I'm glad that it's a a black and out actress. That's awesome. In like the context of like what that means for representation. I think that's great. What sucks is the, the whole concept behind it. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah, definitely. I wish there were a cleaner way. I wish, I wish Ruby Rose were going to be back for some kind of passing of the torch. If we were doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At least, you know, something to acknowledge that Kate is doing something else. Yeah. Uh, it feels like again because I've been watching shows besides that first the first episode, but like Batman's like was like it's like missing, right? Is that, yeah, is that Bruce not- Wayne's missing except uh some stuff happened in the season finale to kind of like tease Bruce Wayne isn't coming back, but Gotham thinks Bruce Wayne is back. Okay. Because somebody else is I'm just gonna tell you guys no, it's, yeah. it's Tommy Elliot. Tommy yeah, Elliot is pretending to be Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yeah. Um my because my whole thing is like they like the season was about like oh like Bruce Wayne slash Batman's missing, and now the second season is now Batman, Batwoman's missing, and it's like it seems like a, almost like a repeat of just what you just did for sure. Uh, I'm like that. And I, I'm like, how, it, how is everybody in Kate's life not going to be reacting to the fact that Kate's just gone? Exactly. Yeah. It, that that feels so. It, it's very hard for me to see an engaging and good show that's basically restarting itself at the second season. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a strange strange thing to just be like we have to basically do this first season again season 1.1 also uh kate had a love interest in the first season and i'm wondering like they're not going to just suddenly make her fall in love with new batwoman oh that'd be so heavy like that'd be really stupid so that actress probably is off the show or at least severely minimized because she's not going to be as relevant it just sucks i agree um star girl has been renewed for a second season on the cw Cool man, people people cool. like the show. We saw we we saw this happening when when the CW bought the show from the DC Universe. I didn't um, about the rest of the first season. Yeah, I didn't but, think that they would. I didn't think that they would turn into a show that solely relied on the CW budget. 
Yeah. There's another, there's another thing where I'm like, I don't think that that audience is going to transfer. Whatever oh, audience it is. I think once you put it on the CW, we're not, they're not going to get, frankly, with uh, the, the Batwoman change and uh, the Superman and Lois show coming, uh, we're, we're hitting critical mass on the superhero shows on CW. Mm-hmm. And like, not everyone's going to keep up watching on those network shows. Yeah, uh, especially with all the other content that's still out there. I mean, we all both, we all we both, all bowed out, right? Both DC, yeah. except for me. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And and even I'm like, I don't think every single one of these is gonna stick around in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And e- e- not even uh, all the other content, like the boys or other superhero kind of shows that are out there, but just in DC, there's so much other con content that they're competing with that exists on HBO Max slash DC Universe now. Yeah, and I just don't see a world where Star Girl, with a severely cut budget, survives well. Yeah, yeah, because the budget for that first season is fairly large. Hmm. I think I'm we'll see. Very, probably... very curious how they're going to afford Luke Wilson and make him go to Vancouver. They it's lost Lockhart that way. No, yeah. can't get situation. Yeah. Absolutely. I I can't see Luke Wilson just being like, yeah, I live in Vancouver now half the time. He's got family here. Like I can't see how him much doing is, it. is Joe McHale still on the show a lot? No, no, because I would say he probably wouldn't do it either. Uh, I could see him like going to Vancouver for a single episode or something if he had to. Yeah. But Luke Wilson is the harder one to convince me that like a lot. that he'll lift up. Yeah, he's in every episode yeah. a lot. You, that he'll just up and move his life up to Vancouver. A lot of these other actors, like you know, they're younger. They they need the career push, so they'll do it. They'll yeah. go do that kind of thing. But I can't see him doing it. Yeah, yeah. They lost Ruby Rose <laughs> after one season of Vancouver. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think we'll probably. I'm surprised that Stripe is in the show as as little as he is. Um, not Luke Wilson, but like Stripe the the. No, I know what you're saying. I kind of appreciate it. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but well, well, I'm saying, so far, like, go ahead. No, my point. My point is, I think we'll slap. We're gonna slash that character even more because the budget just won't be able to handle it. Oh, the robot's broken. Oops. Yeah, the robot's I, broken again this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to picture that show with the CW budget functioning the same. Yeah, uh, sure. especially with the stunts and the practical wand. The other thing is that, like, that is a clearly, like, a set town. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do that if they have to move production. To oh, Vancouver. man. They're just going to, like, do, like, oh, uh, what's her name? Whitney? Is that her name? Whitney? Uh, Courtney. Courtney. Oh, we're moving. We got to move to Canada for some reason. Oh, <laughs> like, oh. The Injustice Society has a second town that they've been secretly <laughs> hiding in. Quebec is of- under attack. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Well, it was, um, because of my memory of Supergirl, they was Supergirl because like it's like a city based. Did it drastically look, change have the look of the show too, or could you I, tell? Yeah, you can tell, but I mean like it's not not in like a set dressing way. Yeah, they were able to recreate what sets they had before pretty well. Yeah, it's more in just a like style of effects, lighting, that kind of thing. Like you can see the budget dip down in that department. But what I'm saying is like Supergirl's set was pretty easy to replicate they they're filming in like a town in the middle yeah. of the country that's, that's here in the states like yeah. if that's if that and i'm only guessing like maybe they can afford to keep doing that here even though they're switching to cw maybe but most cw shows all had to switch to vancouver because of the budget change they all film there now so i would assume Stargirl has to run that same route and if that's the case i can't see how they're going to address the fact that they they're filming in a town set up specifically for a visual that they can't just recreate they can't recreate all these yeah. buildings and locales that they've been filming at yeah. it's very specific it's very specifically american in architecture <clears throat> looks like courtney's going to canada um, anyway uh uh so dc universe is dying 
Oh, one hundred percent for sure. As long as Doom Patrol has 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 a home, that's all I care about. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully, Harley Quinn season two gets picked up by HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. Uh, season three. Sorry, um, yeah. Spy Comics. Says, hello, hello, sir. Hello, oh, Spy. Oh. Man, I know like all those DC shows are are like critically and like the fans love it. Like almost all of them are. You mean like the ones on DC Universe? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Doom Patrol, Harley Quinn, uh, except for Swamp Thing, because that was kind of dead in the water already. But like mm-hmm. people love bo- all these shows because they killed it, not because of audience, but yeah. because they killed it yes. in the um, water. So like I I'd like to imagine HBO knows that they have a good thing there. Um. Yeah. yeah Doom Patrol and Harley, like two seasons of excellent content. Mm-hmm. Um. Keep what you have. Like don't throw it away. Yeah. I'm, so I'm very curious. Just, yeah. I'm very curious. We're kind of going to get to it in the news soon. Uh, I'm very curious how much HBO Max is going to stay committed to. I think they're committed to Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. but how much they're going to stay committed to some of the other stuff that's going to carry over from DC Universe because they're very much setting themselves up as a new connected DC Universe of shows. Yeah. Uh, in a way, it feels like. Oh, yeah. Harley's on sci fi, uh, too. That's weird. Yeah, that that's, is weird. That's a weird one because that is a uh, rated R show. Very violent. Yeah. Um, I will get there when we get there uh, for sure. But it does leave me very curious. Like, I think some of these are uh, sitting in a weird, precarious limbo right now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm genuinely wondering, like, is Titans moving to HBO Max or is Titans being forced to the CW? Uh, because I can't, I can't see it making it to the CW. I don't think they, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't renewed it. So I'm sure they're still discussing. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, that's another situation where I can't see the actors going. I can't see them recreating the budget for it properly on the CW. I, I can't see it, so it's got to go to Max. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like it's it's totally it couldn't it couldn't be on CW. It's too violent and too. Intense. No, they'd have to change it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They'd have to change it. HBO baby, just take it all. Um. All right. Stop me if you've heard this one. Okay. Uh, there's a Batman prequel series Stop. set. I heard, Stop. I heard it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you asked those. Heard it. Uh, yeah, so HBO Max is developing a prequel series to Matt Reeves' The Batman with Matt Reeves uh, producing. That's and uh, Ter- yeah, Terrence Winter, who was the showrunner for Boardwalk Empire, uh, is the showrunner for this. Um, it'll be set... So, okay. So it's a Gotham PD procedural. That's the first thing we heard. And then we got confirmation from Variety that it is, in fact, a prequel to The Batman to show how Gotham City became corrupt and infested with villains. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, to me, this confirms, in my mind, that all the other HBO Max shows we've kind of kind of been getting rumors about or, or have had confirmed, like the Aquaman show, Justice League Dark, all of these are going to be connecting into larger things. That's the goal. That's why they're putting people who are already working on the movies attached to them. Like, uh, um, oh, his name's escaping me. Aquaman director. Oh, James Wan. Thank James you, James working on the Aquaman show very specifically that is meant to be the the next piece of Aquaman's yeah. film stuff they want to flesh out the world of the films Patty on HBO Jenkins Max they talking, want it to connect she's talking about the Themyscira Amazon animated show and a movie right like multiple mm-hmm. things like they're trying to flesh out the shit I, out of this I universe. believe the crap out of that I believe this yeah. is what Jim Lee wants mm-hmm. I believe that's what Warner Brothers wants is HBO Max to be a uh, prestige service of expanding the world of their films. Yeah. And the DC comics is where they're going to start with that. Yeah. Um, this makes a lot of sense to me. And the Batman show getting Matt Reeves, I'm like, oh, this is definitely what they want to do with all of them. So this is the show that everyone wanted when Gotham was announced. For sure. Yeah. There's the Greg Rucka, uh, 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 Brubaker, Ed Brubaker run Gotham Central. 
classic, excellent run. Uh, it's all about just about the cops, and Batman is in it just a teeny bit. You see him in a shadow, or you see him lurking, lurking, talking to Gordon, but like Batman is not essential to it. Um, that's the problem that I always have with Gotham is like it might as well have just been a Batman show because every villain's there. Uh, Batman shows up at the end, like he's there. Um, well, what Gotham was, especially because I stopped watching it, I want to say around season two. What Gotham was, it was like Smallville. It yeah. was Smallville, but Batman. Yes. I mean, even well, though... I, mean, even I, though... I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even give it that kind of credit because it was really Smallville if Smallville was about uh, Perry White. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or I, I guess uh, Lois or something. Like if or... a small focus was actually supposed to be about Lois Lane, not Clark, that's kind of what it's like. Yeah, Bruce was so central to to Gotham for some reason. Like, I guess if you want, you really just want to build up your Batman story, but like Gotham Central, it's about Gordon. It's about Gordon's cops. And I know the world's in ter- turmoil, and a lot of people on Twitter are like, "Wow, do we really need another cop show right now?" And like, sure, no, I get it. Uh, but it's not it's not cops on TBS. It's it's the comic book Batman universe. You calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um. This is exactly what I wanted. Like I said, when that Gotham show was announced, like this is a dope idea. I love. The, the the ground scale it's the star trek lower decks of the batman universe this is what i want the people on the ground floor are dealing the, with the only thing the only thing that gives me pause and yeah i'm totally agreement like i want the gotham central show the only thing that gives me pause is that it's a prequel set before batman shows up yeah um and i i find gotham central more interesting when batman's in the background not when he's just not there in the city does, does it mean that batman doesn't exist or just yeah that's that- what that's what they said it's it's Batman is not here. It's setting up Gotham and how it got to became the the, the version Batman has to fight against. Okay. It is straight up. It is a prequel. Okay. Yeah. How yeah. far back it's going? We like this. We don't know much details, but like I got to imagine um, Jim Gordon's in it. I got to imagine well, Jeff, Jeffrey sure. Wright is the main star in this HBO Max show. That sounds awesome. Let's move from Westworld yeah. to Batman, baby. No, they haven't they haven't said that's for sure, but it's pretty much a given. If it's yeah, exactly. If it's directly tied to the Reeves movie. Uh, and it's 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 in that universe with Bruce directing it or being atta- attached to it. It stars those people. It gets at yeah. least the Gotham characters. Or the, sorry, we the don't characters. we don't uh, we don't know how far back in Batman's career the Batman is. We've heard rumors that Gordon's Captain Gordon, not Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Um, so that that even determines like how far back this could go with like what characters could be introduced. Uh, there's a little there's a little overlap with Gotham, the sh- the show Gotham in that way. Uh, but the team. But there, but there is, there's a good team on this one. Whereas I didn't really care for the team on Gotham. So well, that, that, and also like you already know, there's strong payoff to it because this is all this is is really character development fleshing out not just characters but a city. Yeah. To make Gotham yeah. really feel like something in the movie, and I'm all about it. Uh, that's that's what I want. Look, this is the smartest thing DC could do. This is the best way for Warner Brothers to compete with the fact that the MCU has now jumped to Disney plus for doing the same shtick. Uh, And this is the best way for them to do it, especially if they're embracing, sometimes it can be animated, but it's still, it's still uh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Yeah. It's still that same character. It's still rolling out that story. That's the smartest way that they can do this. And it's the best use of HBO max I've heard of so far. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, tell Um, me what you think about real quick. Well, when I first heard that they're doing another Gotham show, I'm really, I was just like, again because we already did that we already did that and let's be honest it wasn't that good the first season was cool and then just jumped the shark from there but the way that the killer shark essentially yeah they sure. never brought in killer shark so i won't allow that <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> but the old gotham show 
had promise. It did not deliver on those promises. It did not, or it did not, that's the wrong way to say it. Let's just say it had potential. It didn't live up to it. Yeah. What, it, the potential ended when a, when a Fox executive was like, when does Batman show up? Exactly. For, for me, like a lot of it comes down to, I just have so much more faith in tighter form television storytelling at this point, yes. which I assume much as like anything else on HBO, this will be less than 13 episodes mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and involving the movie's cast and everything, that's great. Oh, Goth- yeah, Gotham was the kind of thing where they were stretching out story to keep up with network time. Some of the things that the CW shows suffer from too. Yeah. One of the reasons that Black Lightning remains the best of the CW shows, in my opinion, is because it's never given a full 22, 23 episode season. It works with less than 16. And because of that, all the storytelling is much, much tighter. And Mm -hmm. so knowing that for this, I already have more faith in it, regardless of the fact that it's attached to the movies and everything, which makes me more excited. Just knowing that you're trying to tell a story in only a fewer amount of episodes makes me believe that's going to be more impactful. The and other that Matt Reeves himself, the director of the Batman, is going to be heavily involved in this. Makes me happy because he's going to be like, he's going to obviously take stuff from the TV show, put them into this movie, and it's going to be this nice cohesive tissue that we as DC fans have been wanting, have been yearning for ever since the Marvel films started doing their thing. Yeah, uh, and this is shares a similarity with Dune because Dune has a big ass movie coming out and a sister show on HBO Max. So it looks like Warner yeah. Brother is all about. Synergy, and I'm. A, I'll tell, I like yeah. it. I'll tell you what, I really hope John Turturro's all up in this show. Oh, me man. too. <laughs> all right, I really hope so. Um. Okay. Oh my God! So, yeah, he would have to be. Oh right? yeah, that'd be so fun. Yeah. Unless he dies in the movie. No, even then, it's a prequel. No, it's a prequel. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you can make me give so much more of a crap about this this thug villain. Yeah. Because of this show, it's yeah. awesome. Hey, um, question. Like really random question. Is Pennyworth still going, or did that get canceled? It had its first season, and I just don't think anybody watched it. So I think I, it's I just, think the second season, what? I think the second season has aired. I don't know. I'm I've never heard of a cancellation announcement. Exactly. Yeah, I, I. I said her and nothing about it. Let's take a look. Yeah. Epics. Um. Yeah. Uh. I'm. I'm super stoked for the Batman. You know what I would love? I would love for uh, McGregor's Sionis to show up for just a moment. Oh please! Stopped in the oh. Gotham. Make I'm, that you, baby. Oh shit, dude! Totally, it's a prequel, hundred percent. It, it's oh, a prequel. God. It works. It totally uh, I'm, uh, I mean, that would up. that would that would be difficult. Be, uh, you know, whether or not Matt Reeves' Batman is even in the DCEU. I know uh, they want it to be. They'd be so fun. This, be, oh. Ben Affleck is still the Batman of the DCEU. Not if they ignore Justice League, it's not. <laughs> so, for the show Pennyworth, uh, season two was confirmed October 2019 and began filming January 2020. Uh, and then I, I'm assuming okay. production stopped because of COVID. Um, absolutely, yeah, COVID right. made it stop. Okay. okay. Um, all right, speaking of comics, we got some comics news. I like them. Um, coming out in October are two prestige one-shots uh, to celebrate Halloween. Uh, Legends of the Swamp Thing Halloween Spectacular number one. Uh, which reads, DC invites you to welcome Swamp Thing to your watching to your witching festivities. In this 48-page collection of six all-new stories, the Guardian of the Green reveals past lives and the unforgettable horrors that befall those who cross his path. From ancient Rome to present day, Swamp Thing stalks these, ga- these ghostly and ghastly tales, all of which are best read by the light of a jack-o'-lantern. Heck nice. yeah, baby. And you know who's writing it? 
Tom King, James Tinney in the fourth, Vita Ayala, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Ram V, Domo Stanton on art, Mike Perkins on art, Emma Rios on art, and Christian Ward on art. So a lot of those artists have not worked at DC because a lot of them are Bendis and Met Fraction homies. Because Emma Rios did Deadly, uh, did a book with Kelly Sue DeConnick for Image, and Christian Ward did a book uh, for Marvel and with Bendis. So uh, this is great. Uh, Emma Rios and Christian Ward are some awesome artists and they are going to bring such flair to Swamp Thing. Uh, this is right now like my most excited book because like you guys know about Swamp Thing, but like that creative team is so baller. Thank you, DC. Thank you for caring. Yeah. And then uh, DC, the doomed and the damned, which is the, is the next one. And the, which reads, it was a dark and stormy night when the creatures of the DC universe began to emerge from their lairs in, into the cool evening air. Tales of the macabre, the murderous and the morbid abound in the special in the spine chilling special about monsters and mayhem. What happens when Batman encounters a true urban legend after speaking its name three times in the mirror or when Madame Xanadu enlists the help of man bats to take down a shadowy specter and who can stop an intergalactic demon from turning people into frog beasts? Only the unlikely team up of Green Lantern and Etrigan. All this yeah. and seven more fantastic uh, tales to trick your treats and bob your apples. Guys, the DC Halloween specials are always pretty dope. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah. I always, yeah, I always like uh, these things. Yeah. Uh, like they, they yeah. do like Valentine's Day ones too. Like they like they're good at that stuff. Uh, the the art the the writing duties on this one. Um, there's more, but but the the article the main press release list these writers: Cameron, Mary Machado, Mar Wolfman, Ken Porter, John Arcudi, Saladin Ahmad, Alyssa Wong. Travis Moore, Riley Rosmo, Mike Perkins, Leonardo Menko, uh, Travis Moore on art. He wrote the last Travis Moore was writing this Travis Moore's art. Same guy. Tom Mandrake, and there's more. But Heck we yeah. don't know who they are. Let's hope Halloween still happens. I mean, the yeah. comic's going to happen, but let's hope the event still happens. Let's hope the actual holiday is is safe for us to go out and have some fun. Spookalicious. It's on a Saturday. It's daylight savings time. We get an extra hour at 2 a.m. Oh, maybe it's... it's just the fact that it's on a Saturday this year makes me happy. Oh, we're gonna. Oh man, we're gonna. Have oh man, we're gonna get so ghouly. Oh man. <laughs> Brian yeah, just got more excited as that went along. Yeah. Um, I don't know about Saturday. That's really exciting. Well, I'm, right. sure, I'm pretty sure it is, but. It is. It's a full uh, moon. Oh. It's everything. And it's a full moon. Yeah, apparently. Don't get Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, and his wife, which was Marvel. Um, so Marvel has announced that they are going to backtrack their digital uh, their digital move. You know, we talked about a lot how multiple series finales were just shunted to digital only. We collected in trade, but not in a single issue format. Ghost Spider, Star, um, others that are escaping me right now. Ant Man and the Wasp. Yep, uh, and a couple tongue- of ongoings. A couple of ongoings. Um, Marvel has announced that they will be publishing all of those in the next two months. Heck, yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, They should. So I am getting my last two issues of Ghost Spider after all. Which sadly doesn't change the fact that it's canceled, but yeah, here we are. Yeah, But at least you have a full physical collection and not just a tiny little bit of it. This also means that uh, Valkyrie is likely to be able to keep going. Because so. it was an ongoing, but it was being switched to digital only. Now it's back to being published. Apparently, so what had happened? Back. Apparently, what had happened was nobody bought the digital comics. They I'm just not did surprised. not sell. 
it's so, so expensive. Yeah, so they want to get those. They want to get the the money for those issues by putting them in comic book stores because they're guaranteed money at least from the from the distributor. Heck yeah! Right. I want I want to buy those books. Let me do it. Thank you. Don't want them. My last two Ghost Spiders. <laughs> yes. Um, and then. Marvel has teamed up with Scholastic for us for another time. Um, Scholastic team ups kept Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Miss Marvel printed for so long. Um, they are wonderful partners of Marvel, but they have teamed up once again for a line of original graphic novels aimed at young readers. So similar to what DC did with DC Kids. Um, uh, Miles Morales Shockwaves is the first one. Uh, this was about Miles Morales, obviously written by Justin A. Reynolds. With art by Pablo Leon. I'm not familiar with either of those names. Ryan, are you? Nope. No. Uh, this is like young adult stuff, so I don't think yeah. in our demographic. Sure. Um, future releases will will consist with of stories with Shuri and Miss Marvel, uh, written by Roseanne A. Brown and Nadia Shamas, respectively. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, this Miles Morales book follows Miles as he attempts to juggle his studies at Brooklyn Visions Academy with his superheroic responsibilities as Spider-Man. However, when a devastating earthquake hits his mother's homeland of Puerto Rico, Miles sets up a fundraiser in an effort to offer relief to those affected. Things take an unexpected turn when a new student's father goes missing and Miles discovered the company sponsoring his fundraiser has something to do with the disappearance. Yeah, that sounds cool. Ooh, that yeah. does sound good. I mean, I remember those like scholastic book fairs when I was a kid. Like, I would have killed for this kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. scholastic book fairs were the best. Yeah, I made my mom buy many books that I didn't read. Oh yeah, I like the color and stuff. I bought a so, lot of Star Wars books. Actually, about like, books. a little box right next to the book, and they say, "Check this if you want it." It's like, well, sure. Every <laughs> <laughs> of course, I also, want that. Did you guys also get book orders as well? Like every month, a new book order would come in. Uh, <laughs> That's how I got my Calvin Hobbes collection was through those. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a great great way to get young readers into Marvel Comics. Um, the cover art is very much reminiscent, uh, kind of bouncing off of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because I think they know that there is a large market for fans of that design or just, you know, you're going to associate one with the other. Yeah. Um, so I think that's smart. Yeah. Yep. Super cute. Um, Donny Cates, our Lord and Savior. Uh, has announced his next event book, King in Black. This is it, guys. Null has come. Null's coming. Null's coming so hard, you guys. They definitely should have checked on that marketing. Oh my god, that was gross. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the, the Null is coming. Uh, in that, white that, goo. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, Marvel, come ooh. on. So and apparently, and apparently, Null in like Swedish means uh, F-U-C-K. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, he is he's a bad man. So I mean. Yeah. Like, get it but this is it guys the king and black null himself the venom symbiote the symbiote god is coming has come to earth is going to fight the x-men and the avengers and venom all in this massive big thing with art by ryan stegman um and that's really all we know they just yep. made an announcement hey this book is coming in december get excited yeah it's been like a it's been like an over two year build-up now for for this guy and that's really cool that he's been able to weave not just um his Venom story, but like he started working on Thor and doing stuff from like Jason Aaron's run and introducing that, like just weaving this cool cosmic story between all his books. Um, and then we're finally getting to the big bad boy. See what he's yeah. about. And he's not, he's only, I think he's only halfway done with his run. 
Yeah, yeah, because I uh, I got into not an argument. I just got into a discussion on Twitter. Um, they're like, does anybody know how long he said his Venom run is going to go for? And I was like, I remember him saying he has ideas for up to 200 issues, but I, I don't think this market can support that. And then he said, yes, it can. He responds saying, yes, it can. So he has himself? Yes. I mean, do Twitter, everyone responds. Like, it's not, it's very easy. Our Lord to and Savior. A Lord and Savior has touched you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, like he says, he can has, he has 200 issues planned. So I believe it. Let's hope. Uh, that, that's what that's why I disagreed with it because I'm like I, I there are no comic runs that get that high anymore like yeah. we're in Batman's up to like 94 or whatever and that's awesome but like that's probably going to get relaunched eventually um, yeah. so like if he can get to 200 that'd be dope I would love to have a 200 issue comic run again yeah I, I know I know I think I think when he talked about it on Word Bubble ages ago when he first started I think he said 50 at first but then that like that number jumped. So I don't know. I'm excited though. I want to read every single bit of it. Yeah. Uh, I've not, I've not been disappointed so far. Ballooned up. Yeah. Um, a movie star, which is this other things. This is miscellaneous guys. This is and the rest. Um, uh, all right. The chilling adventures of Sabrina, the comic book adaptation has gone on, is going on its fourth season this year has been canceled by Netflix. And so was uh, Kate, Katie Keene. Katie Keene, yeah. Katie Keene, which is the other Archie spinoff of Riverdale, um, was also canceled by, poor, by the CW. Poor Lucy Hale can't get a CW show past a season. Oh. Who's Lucy Hale? Huh? Who's Lucy Hale? She's the actress playing Katie Keene. She's Katie Keene. Oh. Well, what else she's been in? Uh, she just had a show like a year or two ago where she was like a uh, cancer survivor and she thought she was terminal and then turned out that it all went away. So she's like trying to refigure out how she wants to live. Cause she was planning to die and that didn't get past the season. Wow. And then before that she was on pretty little liars. There's a Rupert Grint, uh, Ron Weasley Netflix show. That's the exact same plot, but it's a comedy where he was like, Oh no, my girlfriend broke up with me and I found that I have cancer. So he uses it to get back with her. But then he finds out he doesn't have cancer and he just pretends to still have cancer. Yeah. And it's just, the slippery slope of a of a liar, and it's great. <laughs> um, so so chilling events, Sabrina. Perhaps now the showrunner will have enough time to finish the comic book. Yes. Did you see yeah. uh, where he said, "Man, it's such a shame because if we got into the fifth season, we were going to cross over with Riverdale." Yeah. Let's see if that yeah. works. Yeah. I kind of wish we... that happened because I feel like it would have justified Riverdale's weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. Now nothing can. Nope. Um, I, that I really so hard. I really enjoyed that comic, uh, the Chilling yeah. Adventures of Sabrina comic. I wish he would have kept going. We, uh, did we finish the first season? Mm, I'm not sure. I, I didn't. Got... I meant to. Like, Azara kept kept going with it. She really likes it. I I liked what I saw. I just didn't Fanny. keep up with it. Yeah, oh, same with Fanny. Fanny. When Fanny told me the other day that Sabrina got canceled, I'm like, oh, that sucks. She's like, yeah, I love that show. I mean, four seasons ain't nothing to, to, to laugh no, at. No, nothing to do that. Especially with how few how few Netflix how few Netflix shows get seven seasons, yeah, uh, four seasons. Sorry. Yeah. Um. All right. Peter poor Pan Sabrina. and Wendy. Yeah, poor Sabrina. Uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, the uh, Peter Pan remake coming from Disney, is looking at Jude Law for Captain Hook. Another one. Yep. They keep just we're, pumping them out, don't they? We're there now. Next up is Snow White. Jude Law. Is there just like a wheel that like this Hollywood spins like who's going to be our bad guy this time? For Jude Law! Alright, cool. Whatever. Maybe. Sure. I, I don't like Orlando Bloom. 
I like Jude Law fine. This sounds like the most bland choice. Yeah, like yeah. I like Jude yeah. Law too. Like, uh, I mean, okay. don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Jude Law's cool, but I don't know. This is because I've loved Hook too much. But no one can do a live action than Dustin Hoffman as Hook. Well, no, no one's ever going to top that performance, but the goal shouldn't be to top it, but to do right. something different. But I don't yeah. think Jude Law's going to do anything very different from his performance in Captain Marvel. Look, I just don't think it's going to be that different. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, it's, this is the remake of, if this is in fact a true remake to the original, then Captain Hook's probably going to be goofy, wacky Captain Hook from that animated movie. No, yeah, for sure. Because Jafar was totally like Jafar in Aladdin. Well, Jafar was boring as shit. So let's That's only hope that they actually... That's my point. Jude Law is the most boring choice I can think of for Captain yeah. Hook right now. This what do you think about? What do you think about Orlando Bloom? More interesting than Law. Remember he tried to be I a villain with Three Musketeers? I feel like he's hungrier oh, yeah. for like attention that yeah. he'll do something weird. Yeah. Jude Law doesn't need to do anything weird, so he won't. Yeah. Well, well remember Orlando Bloom tried to rebrand as a villain in Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. Yeah, the Three Musketeers with James with James Corden, Orlando Bloom's the bad guy with Mila Jovovich as his. Oh, the, the 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 Paul W S Anderson Three Musketeers movie. Got yeah. it. Oh. Uh, but Orlando Bloom's a villain in that. And I think he's really good, and I wish yeah. he had kept going with villain roles. I think that that's something that he's that he could be interested in unlocking that other side of his performance. Okay, you know what? Wait, why really... was Orlando Bloom okay. brought up? Was he also in the running or something? Or no, just... he just watched Pirates of the Caribbean recently and oh. he was a pirate. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Ryan Ryan said that uh, that that they don't have a, something about about um, not having range to play a villain. Like like you're 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 not going to do something crazy. You're not going to do something weird. And I thought, oh, Orlando Bloom rebranded tried to do that. So I thought, oh, I see. Okay. Look, this sounds super weird, but if you're trying to be faithful to the Disney animated film, I got your Captain Hook for you. It's Steve Carell. Mm, that'd be silly. Ooh. He's like short and stocky, yeah. He's old. Yeah. And he can do the trying to be young. He can do the goofy part. He can do the serious parts. And That's, I, that is more interesting to me as a Captain Hook than a Jude Law right now. Uh, I, sure. I'm trying to see Steve Carell with the mustache. It uh, actually looks pretty funny. Yeah, all right. Think of it like um, when Dustin Hoffman, like Dustin Hoffman doesn't look like Dustin Hoffman. You could do the same thing with Steve Carell. Not mm -hmm. that I want the same performance, but the same kind of like, I'm pretending to look like something younger than I am because part of the whole point of Hook is that he is old and Pan is young. young yeah. uh, all that stuff. So do that with Hook. Uh, yeah. Dude Law just sounds so. Well, uh, yeah. Was Hugh Jackman Hook in that one? Yeah, no, 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 no. No. Sorry. He was Blackbeard. Yes. Oh. Uh, uh, the guy who played Tron, he was Hook. You're right. Yes, the You're guy right. who played Tron was uh, not Tron, but played Sam in yeah. Tron Legacy. He was Hook. Oh, Charlie Hunnam? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 not, no, Charlie, not Charlie Hunnam. It's the guy who looks like Charlie Hunnam. Shit. Gareth Edwards. Oh, no. Oh, they're all white guys. Anyway, <laughs> I think his name was Sam. That's his character's name. That's oh. his character's name in Tron Legacy. Uh, he was... Garrett Hutlin. Thank you. That he one. was fine, but God. he was also being like friend hook before he becomes bad hook which isn't the same and nothing to judge us on and he would be a better choice than jude law but i still don't even want him this is all yeah. just the wrong direction of what i want is there um, a director or just casting uh, just casting i didn't see anything about a director but i could have just missed and it and also they're, just, they're in talks with jude law he hasn't accepted the role yet right, right. This is, this is talks. 
This is talks. Um, ben, this is for you. For me? Yeah, yep. Stephen King has announced his new book. God damn it. No, um, it's not. Ready Player Two has a release date of November That's 4th. Cool. You can pre-order it now. <clears throat> That's the one. This Yay. is the sequel to Ready Player One. Do we yep. have any info or a synopsis or anything about it? Nope. I looked. Okay. I'm totally cool with just flying in blind on this one. I'm totally cool with just not, not reading, reading this one. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, for our thoughts on Ready Player One, ben, on that episode, not, it's still here. And it's not an attack on you. I, know, I don't like that book. I think it's badly written, and I didn't care for it, and I don't have the nostalgia for video games that that, that I do, book yeah. is trying to lean into, and apparently a whole lot of Twitter agrees. But you can like it. That's fine. I just have no interest in reading this. I, I'm not going to force you to read it. Wait for the movie. Good. No, it, no. Even if the movie, if there is a movie because of this book, I'm not gonna do what you guys do. I'm not gonna do to Ray Player One for this one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, 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 even if you asked, I wouldn't. <laughs> I will. I, <laughs> we'll veto I, it. I don't. I don't like Ernest Klein. I don't like Yo, his have you, writing. Have you read his lady poetry? I'm aware, and it's bad, and I have no. Actually, actually I even though I love Ray Player One, probably to a fault. I did read Armada, and Armada wasn't my favorite. I did not enjoy that. At first, yeah. I was like, I was still writing high on the high of Ray Player One, but as I was getting through Armada, when I got to the ending, I'm like, wait, what? More like Armada. Yeah, that 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 uh, Zara asked me like, wait, the the first one did well enough to do a to do a, a second one, and I told her like the reason why it did so well is because Loot Crate shipped out millions. True. Yeah, that's the how I got it. That's how I got into it. It's because Luke Crate shipped me a free copy of the book, and then I started reading it. I'm like, oh shit, I like this. Uh, Lindsay Ellis has a fun little Twitter thing where she talks about how uh, her book was rejected by the same publishing company that put out Ready Player One, and oh. she created like a tagline that she wishes she could put on her book about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, I think that's fair because I haven't read Lindsay Ellis's book, but I bet it's better. Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, Sparks, you brought this to our attention. A new, uh, a new live-action series is coming uh, from Alexandra Alexandra Aha, uh, based on the um, Junji Ito manga Tomi. Yeah. Or Tommy. Tomi, Al- right? Tommy. Alexander Aja directed the Hills of Eyes remake and uh, Piranha 3D. He's an excellent um, uh, horror director. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah. Um, Adeline Rudolph will lead the cast, and David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. Sorry, I love that name. David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, that's, that last part is hyphened, um, is writing it, and he wrote The Conjuring 2 and Aquaman, co-wrote specifically. Is this yeah. like James Wan produced or something? Uh, like, I'm kind of excited about it, but at the same time, I'm just hesitant because it's very hard for me to picture... Wait, I didn't say. It's on Quibi. That's the only reason I don't care. No, yeah. you said at the top that it was Quibi. Um, Did I? Yeah. Uh, Junji Ito's artwork and his horror is hard for me to picture translated into live action in general. Tomy mm-hmm. is an easier work to do that with, but still a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not impossible. Uh, Quibi's not where I think it would have the ability to do I it. I definitely but... want to watch a horror movie in 10 minute segments. Did you see that Quibi lost 80% of its subscriber base this week? Not surprised. No. Because their ni- the 90 day free trial expired. Oh, yep. yeah. get a long free trial. When you first, wait, no thanks. The first people who signed up for Quibi got a ninety-day free trial Man. if you signed up in that first week. Quibi has some cool-looking stuff on it, but I'm so against the format. 
Me too. And, uh, I'm so against a needless streaming service, which Quibi is probably top of the list of like, definitely didn't need that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm interested in the show in the same way that I'm interested in mi- most of Junji Ito's stuff, even though I haven't read any of it. It all looks, it just looks incredible. Um, I'm with- inevitable two years from now when everything on quibi gets sold off to netflix and hulu and amazon quibi quibi is now is now releasing trailers for their finished stuff to be like hey now it's done go watch it what a weird marketing tool man yeah i don't care uh i'm sure this will be sold to someone when quibi eventually dies honestly i'm uh, surprised they didn't announce they're dead now i'm interested in hearing like from from people who do watch it from horror aficionados what they think this is this is an interesting thing to have happen uh yeah. on as an isolated thing the fact that it's on quibi turns me off hardcore yeah yeah um so ubisoft had a conference this week today even um mm-hmm. took me by surprise where they announced a bunch of uh the ubisoft one and the devolver digital one um that is a small indie one that's where the other games that i mentioned uh, oh i see yeah. gotcha um so uh, Ubisoft announced um, Far Cry 6 with a trailer and a no gameplay, right? Just a trailer? No. Um, fun, fact, fun fact about Far Cry 6, much like Star Wars Squadrons, it got leaked a week early, so this entire press conference was basically useless because everybody knew about all the games. So it was very much like that EA conference, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, Far Cry 6, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, they always get a cool uh, person to be the bad guy. Um, to be honest, the best Far Cry game in the last 10 years was Far Cry 3, and that was like four games ago. Um, it's kind of the thing where like, it's just getting repetitive and they're not doing enough to, to keep it fresh. Um, the coolest one they really honestly did was Far Cry Primal, where it was entirely, you're a caveman and all of it was, was a subtitled and you have to fight like other cavemen and like woolly mammoths and you only have spears and stuff. Um, that's, that was, that was the coolest thing they've done. Um, that was a couple years ago, but, um, this one, like Giancarlo is really cool. I just hope they do something fresh enough to make us care because honestly, like after a while, like Far Cry 5, uh, was like against white supremacists and like cult leader and like the promise seemed really cool like those trailers are really really cool and the game was not bad at all sure they yeah. the problem with a lot of the far cry games is you saw the marketing the marketing is very serious and they're trying to tell a very serious story but all the far cry games are really funny in tone and really wacky so the the disparaging tone has always been a problem with the marketing so uh, it, it kind of bums me out because i'm sure this game's gonna be cool and john carlo's gonna be cool but like that game's about flamethrowing bears and like exploding people. It's not about serious issues, but they keep trying to make it about that. I'm like, you guys got to learn sometime. That's not why we come here. You guys yeah. are lying to us. Uh, John Carlos great though. I can't wait to see him be a bad guy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking the whole time I was watching that, that cinematic trailer. I'm like, man, I'd watch this Netflix movie. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I'll play that video game, but I'll watch that so, Netflix movie um, for sure. <laughs> uh, people were really stoked about this one because there's a, there's obviously the main bad guy, Giancarlo Esposito, but then he has a son, uh, Diego, and Diego has a scar across his, his eyelid, and the main villain in Far Cry 3 also has the same scar. So a lot of people were speculating that it might have been a prequel because Far Cry 3 is the most popular and well-received Far Cry game, and that char- that villain, Boz, uh, is ma- the best Far Cry villain that we've ever had. So people were thinking it's that. But in the trailer, he's wearing modern headphones, so it doesn't line up with age because uh, that character would be way older um, for that to make sense. So people were kind of bummed out that it's not going to be him. Let's hope it's good. Hope, once you get past, that's the- a weird detail to so specifically include for exactly. it not to be him. Um, but yeah, that character is like like thirty five years old, like in Far Cry. No, I get so it. Like, it. I hope it's true. That'd be cool. Uh, we can't hear you. Your mic is off, dude. Sorry. 
<laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, released a released a gameplay trailer. Yeah, really, really uh, in depth look at it. Yeah, uh, I'm. You'll get to those games eventually, but like the modern Assassin's Creed games have become very much The Witcher, where they're giant, sprawling open world games. Um, this one, it's really. It's really taken to the core, like what Vikings like do, and they like they go on raids and they actually like raid things and like they build up settlements and like uh, not just making them savage barbarians, like kind of like how we're taught is a cool aspect that I think not a lot of people really know, uh, you know, because mostly it's just like oh they came and they slaughtered everyone. I'm like, well, well doesn't that what America's do too? That was a weird moment for me. I'll be honest when he was saying like a lot of people think of Vikings as savage barbarians, and, and I'm then, like, no, I don't. Yeah, and I'm like, oh no, I read. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, it's very much like uh, video games or, or entertainment teaches you things you might not realize. But um, <laughs> the gameplay itself looks really cool. It's taking all the, the combat and building up on it of like almost Dark Souls as we get to like parry and dodge and stuff. Um, yeah, the building the settlement thing is something I'm very excited about because I love that's my shit is like building up settlements and like yeah animal, animal crossing Valhalla. Animal crossing yeah. Valhalla. Give me check. Animal Crossing Valhalla where Tomna can actually fight back. Yes, exactly. Um, and again, like there's there's fortress attacks. Uh, there's the giant open battles, um, there's character stuff, but also remember it's still an Assassin's Creed game, so they haven't showed us any of the stuff with the Assassins or the Templars or any really much a lot of stealth stuff. So there's so much game still to explore. Um, looks great. Yeah, I was actually watching it and I was surprised. This doesn't look any recognizable as an Assassin's Creed game right away. Not anymore. No, they are mm. they are fundamentally very very. Oh, I will say they are different games, but the the stealth aspect is something I really do like because mo the modern games. You can do stealth, but it's not really required. This one, you are a Viking in in England, and they always recognize you. So you have to be stealthy. You have to avoid them. So you have to like blend in. Unless you're prepared to kill them all. Unless you're prepared to kill uh -huh. them all. And that's how the original games were. You have to be more. You have to be more stealthy. So uh, that's part of the. That's something that I'm excited is coming back because it kind of did get away from Assassin's Creed, which is stealth. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I get. Um, another game they announced was Hyperscape, the multiplayer one. A lot of me talking. Sorry, everyone. Um, oh, hyperspace is a is a hyperscape. Hyperscape is a uh, ninety nine person battle royale, much like Apex Legends, uh, 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 battle Royale, right. battle uh, battlegrounds, all those type of games. Overwatch. Um, over well, Overwatch is sixty six. But it's uh, but it's utilizing similar tools. Yes, so uh, in its way. Instead yeah. of it being character like character skills, like you pick up stuff on the map. So um, you're run, you know, you're running, you see like a, you see an ability, you pick up the ability instead of you instead of inherently having it. Uh, so that's a little different than most Battle Royale games. Uh, and this looks really nice and fun. I love shooting up a bunch of fools. The city uh, gets destroyed as you're playing it. So that's what brings you guys closer together. Um, and this looks like a very fun take on the Battle Royale genre uh, that I can't wait to try out. It's apparently open beta right now. Yeah, this one's cool. Sorry, I'm, I just got really hungry for a second. Watch Dogs he, Legion. He hit him, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Huh? Watch Dogs Legion was another game that was announced. Which one was this one? Uh, this one I'm really excited about. I've been excited since the concept was announced. I've never been interested in the Watchdog games, to be honest. They've never been uh, something that super appealed to me. But this one where the concept is that everybody in the game is playable. Um, so your whole thing is that you are part of the, the resistance, the revolution. Um, you're, you are trying to recruit characters to your side to rebel against what's happening in the city of London. And as you recruit them, you can play them. And so if you die on a mission or you lose your character, you just become one of your other recruit people. Uh, oh, cool. you know, like that's how the game progresses. Did you not and, watch uh, this trailer, Brandon? I didn't watch the trailer, but I was just, okay. 
but I, but, you know. but, but he might have only watched the cinematic part, not the gameplay. Part, oh, okay, I got you. Which okay. doesn't really. Yeah. Uh, that by the way, that that cinematic trailer that they did, uh, the like film? without showing a lot about like you know how the video game will play, yeah. uh, is very well animated. Yes. Like that is oh, one yeah. of the most enjoyable cinematic game trailers I've seen in a long time, just yeah. because they went wacky with it how yeah. they wanted to show it. and i'm like Parker, i appreciate Parker. that that was like its own little short film i really like there's that. a lot of ubisoft short films in this yeah yeah <laughs> uh but but that being said the gameplay stuff uh really fascinates me because you every mission you have such a versatile different way you can approach it you can approach it as someone who is part of uh uh albion uh the, the police basically who yeah, are yeah. like the police the the silver sable police kind of who yeah. have come into london and taken hired over. mercs and you can infiltrate them and like get in there real stealthy, real sneaky. Or you can go in as a hitman. Or you could go in as a construction worker who you've recruited and who can control some of the cargo drones and shit. And that's how you work your way in. Like you can do all these different approaches depending on who you decide you want to use, who you've recruited. Yeah. And right. that sounds so dynamic. Like you are allowed to craft the story in such a way that is unique to you. I'm super interested in that. Yeah. Um, like these are exactly my type of, of games that I love. Like, give me the freedom to do just whatever I want, whenever I want. And this is exactly the thing like, oh, go in and steal this thing. You can go in stealthy. You can go in attack. You can use a drone. You can use construction work. You can go like, in as an 80-year-old lady who yes, nobody suspects of doing anything so and good. then beat the shit out of them with a cane. They didn't show it in this yeah. trailer, but in the, in the initial trailer, yeah, you can play as an 80-year-old woman and just, nobody suspects you because you got a little cane and then you use that cane and beat the shit out of people. Um, there's so many, so many different variables in every single mission that it's, I'm almost... I'm almost concerned for the story because I'm like, how do you make the characters involved and make you care about them if you can play thousands of people at once? Sure. So that's a challenge I am so excited to see because this has never been done in a game before like this. The, the thing that seems so interesting about it is that, uh, so what they've established is every time you're coming to a new recruit, you get their origin mission, which is like th their identity and who their character is and everything. And then once you work past that, you can just intersperse them into whatever story missions you're doing as you work your way through the campaign. Yeah. And so like, it, it's just that they all have built in their own ways based on their character history to how they're going to respond to the situation, and that's fascinating. It's almost like a Ben, like like a uh, like an RPG where you have a where you have a, a characters you can choose from from your party, except all the characters are the main characters. Oh yeah, I, I no, I I get the concept. I saw both the. Uh, I'm trying to like play it to you because uh, I'm just going to get you to talk about it a little bit as well. Oh, no, I. I no, you guys are super excited, but I'm letting you do your thing because I yeah. at first I was was Sparks. Watch Dogs was never a thing that really appealed to me. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. But then I remember last year when I saw the E3 trailer, I was like, oh no, this is pretty freaking cool. And watching the trailer for today and today's conference, I'm like, I might actually invest in this game. I'm probably going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I, I was uh, pretty much sold on it from concept. And I'm like, as long as it keeps sounding this good as we get closer to its release, I'm going to jump in. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to definitely jump in on this game. Uh, I have no interest in playing the previous Watch Dogs, really. But this this one, uh, the, 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 this is such a dynamic approach to video gaming. I'm so intrigued. And just the fact that you can, it, it, it's in a way, it's kind of like Fire Emblem where you can recruit other people. But I mean, obviously, it's not Fire Emblem. But you could to be able to recruit other people, and if you lose them, you lose them. They're gone. You're not. You're not getting those characters back. Yeah. And I'm actually. It. You have to really, really plan and really strategize. Okay, how do I want to tackle this mission? Who do I want to put in there? Who do I, do I want to go in guns and blazing with the construction worker and just with beat the crap out of everyone with a nail I, gun? Or I do I want to use the old lady and just be like super sneaky? And then when someone gets in my way, whack him with my cane and tase him because I thought I that was freaking awesome. 
I can already see myself like having favorites and being like, this mission's really dicey. Not going to send in my favorite. Okay, yeah. send in uh, the construction worker guy because if he goes, I can live with it. I can live yeah. with it. Or if I get really Some good at piloting drones. Yeah. <laughs> or if I get really good at piloting drones, get the drone expert and be like, just take, hack drones and just shoot them out of the sky. For sure. Oh uh, yeah, creating your own narrative is 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 the, the the coolest thing that you can do in a video game. If you can let let me tell my own story through your story, uh, I love it. Oh this God. is the this is the most uh this is the most choose your own adventure I have felt about a video game oh, probably ever, yeah. and that that really has me jonesing for it. So the it. level of customization, and when I say customization, I mean it in the terms of how you tackle a mission in this game is phenomenal already. Yeah, and I really hope it in the final product turns out well. Right. I because mean, don't don't get me wrong, as awesome as this game looks, as awesome as this game sounds. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna be a little okay. I'm like I want to I want to buy into the hype. I really really do. But I'm like yeah. I'm gonna wait and see what other people what like what people say about this game if it's worth my time. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, this has the same I told him already the same trajectory as Assassin's Creed. That first game is totally mm-hmm. fine. You know it's 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 fine. It's cool. Um, and then the second game got much better. And then the third game is like oh shit now we're a video game baby. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm very excited that we're finally at that. Oh, we're now a video game baby mode. Right. Because yeah. uh, everyone seems to be pretty excited about this. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I haven't heard horrible things about Watch Dogs. Like, there's, it has its detractors. Some people love, there are people who really like the game. There are people who absolutely despise the game. But for Legion, Legion looks like it's one of those games that it's going to change everything and everyone's going to be talking about it. The, the thing that really fascinates me about it is uh, the amount of replayability. Like mm-hmm. I can get that. I don't even care if that campaign's short, to be honest with you, at this point. Yeah. Because if all of the characters are fleshed out as they say, and all of that world is so fleshed out, then I'll play through like a 20, 25 hour campaign, go back and play it again, and pick totally different recruits. Because long as as long as the gameplay, yeah. because good. everything will play differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything you want. Yeah. Oh yeah. Free playability. I love it. Um, the rest of the conference is just like we're updating, we're giving an update to this game, or they have yeah. an iOS game uh, coming. Rainbow so. Six, uh, uh, things like that. Yeah. Brawlhalla. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, iOS com- uh, compatible with uh, everybody can play together. So from people different things. on their phones can play with people on their Switch, their Xbox, their PlayStation, their PC, their Android. They're all together. That's the future That's cool. liberals want, baby. This is nice because uh, it means we can all play Brawlhalla now on any system together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the other game conference? Because we're there now. So uh, Devolver Digital, they are a small indie company that uh, they they're like probably like the number one big indie devs like they they put out a lot of really cool shit um there's a couple they, there's a lot more games that they announced but um the ones that that stood out to me and i think to you guys if you watch that conference i think you'd like these the most um shadow warrior 3 is a is obviously a sequel to the shadow warrior franchise the original shadow warrior is a 90s uh hack and slash game for the pc that the developer digital remade uh it like like 10 years ago or so um and then they made a sequel and now they made this one because it just keeps getting uh more popular mm-hmm. uh i've never played the games but this one it just looks so fun it looks so dynamic and almost reminds me of like like an asian inspired doom like with japanese like japanese folklore doom because uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's so fast and frantic and you're and you're doing like hook stuff and you're swinging around like nathan drake uh i just think it looks like a fun old time uh i know the games have like a very tongue-in-cheek sense of humor like the main character is just like spider-man he's just joking non-stop um, so I might, if I hear good things, I might check this one out. I thought I'd share it to you guys because you know. No, I, I liked it. I, I was, I'm just glad you shared this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the look of the gameplay looks really, really fun. The enemy designs are just so wacky. Like there's an accordion guy who like just like zooms around like an accordion. I'm like, I've yeah. never seen an enemy like really that. Really, the aesthetic, like the Chinese, Japanese, Asian aesthetic, was the one that caught my eye the most. And yeah. even like the weapons, because the weapons were very stylized, and the enemy, it, it, it kind of was like Doom in a way. 
where all the guns and all the enemies fit the certain aesthetic, and I really dug it. So yeah, that that first game is very much. Um, it's gotten more bombastic over time, but I played the demo of the first one, and it's very much you can cut someone up like a hundred times. Like that was the thing. Like it's like super cool katana combat, and then there's a lot of cool gun stuff, and they just keep amping it up. So um, I'm excited. Check this out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the other one that was announced was Fall Guys Ultimate Lockout. I just brought this up because uh, we were just talking about like why isn't there like like uh, like a, the floor is lava thing that we can do go in somewhere. I'm like, well, we can't go do a floor is lava thing, but we can play a floor is lava type of game. So this yeah. is a battle royale, sixty person, um, like a uh, uh, wipeout simulator. Yeah, Comp- competitive, competitive like, Mario like, part, yeah. party style. It's but Mario like, Party all games. doing like obstacle course but games. there's yeah. 60 people and i think this would just be a really fun game for all, for all of us to play um for sure and it's on a bunch of systems uh it just looked like a good a good actually time. it's only on ps4 and pc uh that's what they said okay well we got one of those yeah so pc ps4 then but i thought it yeah. looked charming and cute and you got we should play it i agree yeah i agree you know what looked charming and cute though me the boys well oh, yeah oh you. back i got you baby yeah um yeah the boys season two um, finally, a, a proper teaser of what the next season is going to be. Uh, I thought this looked awesome. Yep. Yes, it continues to be extremely violent and, mm-hmm. and gross and coarse, and exactly what I want and from funny. the show. And funny. Um, man, there's a, there's a scene where Homelander just straight up crushes a dude's skull against a, a, a door. Oh boy! There's also a yeah. scene where he's licking milk out of a bottle like a cat. Mm, yes, yeah. he's got issues for sure. Yeah, I think this looks really great. I'm really excited for the second season. Uh, as well as the Umbrella Academy season two trailer dropped. I'm also really stoked mm-hmm. for this new season. That comes out like in two weeks or three weeks, right? A couple weeks, yeah. That's so cool. Yo, man, they're they're trapped in the past. Um, they, they brought the apocalypse with them. The There's a dude with a fishbowl. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, I think we all like that first season. I'm oh, very, yeah, I'm very, sure. very mm-hmm. stoked. What a time. Yeah, and I'm so glad that the trailer came out and it's coming out in a couple weeks instead of having to wait like a year or something. Yeah, or 15 but, months. Halloween kills. One of my favorite parts is like, uh, it's like, hey, is a bed here with us? He's like, oh no, girls don't try don't try, time travel. Really? Yeah. I'm right here. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that looks like there's going to be a lot more Ben. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm really I'm really stoked um, where all the characters are. I hope Vanya, you know, I hope the best for Vanya. Yeah. I mean, yeah seems fine she seems like she'll be part of the family again without Hope much so. issue um i brought this to your guys attention because i wanted you guys to see, to see it i thought it looked pretty cool but random acts of violence the new shutter movie uh directed by jay baruchel yeah jay heck yeah what do you think I about this was, I very this was uh very grindhousey i like the feel of it um i definitely would like to check this out shutters uh yet another streaming service but i don't blame shutter for anything uh i i value what shutter contributes because it is a such a direct uh you know we're a very specific streaming yeah. service uh offering something that is hard to get anywhere else yeah um just just want to wave function says watching from sandia national laboratory albuquerque new mexico offices what Signed you're welcome thank i hope you're doing your job sir thanks for watching <laughs> appreciate your all right your- anyway sorry uh yeah uh Shutter is a, a service that I wish was still part of Verve because it was so easy to have it when it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really glad that Shutter's around and I'm really glad that Shutter keeps uh, funding projects like this. Yeah. They keep getting yeah. bigger and bigger too. 
so i'm really i'm really happy for that because like weird horror stuff comes out of shutter and that's awesome yeah, uh, yeah. i i really like jay bearshell um and that dude is is a super nerd like he's very into like genre and comics and, and horror movies and stuff so like it's cool it's always cool when when like like young actors get to like branch out into like oh i'm gonna try to do my my project um yeah. mm-hmm. so i hope it's good it definitely has like that cool like like uh indie flair that uh that looks really charming I'm actually kind of bummed that this movie is not being a, a wider release because yes, it's on Shutter as a streaming service, but I kind of really want to watch this one. Yeah. I, I I like the I thought the concept was good. You have a comic book author who writes That's about free trial for baby. Yeah. So yeah, here, right. here's the nice thing is that most Shutter projects very quickly find their way to DVD and Blu-ray and home video ability for you to own or Prime Video because Shutter wants to market out those movies. They're funding them so they host them on their streaming services, but they don't like hoard them and keep them forever. They do like to get them out into the market. So it's usually pretty easy to pick up like a Shutter original eventually. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. if I find this, because I, I would really like to watch it. I just love the concept. It's about a guy who's getting essentially getting stalked by a dude who's copying his the murders in his comic books. Yeah, and then they look very grisly, like very Hannibal esque, mm-hmm. like weird bunch of bodies in different positions. Yeah, looks good. Yeah, he ra- he writes one of the most popular horror comics. Um, man. got a lot of fans. Way Function says yeah. thumbs up, thumbs up to you okay. too, sir. Um, yeah, I thought this looks interesting. Uh, yeah. Also, speaking of Quibi, Die Hard. Guys, John Travolta, Kevin Hart, you love to see it again. Like, I would love to see it. Yeah, on, any on Quibi. Then yeah. yes. Again, Ten I'm gonna wait. At a time. I'm gonna wait till the end of the year for all of these shows to be out and done, and then just binge it on that seven day free trial. Because like, I, I I'm interested in some of these shows, but I'm I'm not watching them ten minutes at a time. There's nothing no. you can do to make me do that. Nor am I yeah. paying monthly to yes, have it. I refuse. I'm sorry. Nope. Sorry, yeah. Jonathan Quibi. Quibi is the worst. Jonathan Quibby. Um, the one and only Ivan is the new Disney Plus movie. This was supposed to be theatrically released, but it is the next uh, film to be shepherded to Disney Plus after Artemis Fowl. Oh, this is a that makes much Cam- more sense. Yeah, that is a uh, Sam Rockwell as a as a gorilla, Brian Cranston as a circus master. Looks okay. I was like, this is a really big name cast for a Disney Plus yeah, original. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Not that they, is, yeah, do, they usually don't do this many in one. Yeah. It looks charming enough. I'll watch it. Yeah, it looks charming. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. I don't mind. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. This was about uh, uh, I guess the gorilla can draw, and he doesn't remember his past, and looks cute. I like Brian Cranston. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like him too. Transformers: War for Cybertron trilogy Siege. This is also coming out soon. This is the first of the anime trilogy that uh, Netflix is producing of the Transformers franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same week as Umbrella Academy, actually. Whoop whoop. Good year, good week. I think this looks awesome. Yes, I agree. This does look oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I'm so excited for this one. I cannot wait to watch it. I mean, it's definitely the most I've. I, you, you corrected me. It's the most excited, most I've been excited about Transformers something since Bumblebee. Um, yeah. Like I, not no disrespect to any of those like oh, shows sure are good, but like this just compared to all the other tra- trailers I've seen for other shows, this seemed to have the weight. And like, like the like the weight of actual war and like the, the gravity of it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I felt like the actual like not tension because it's just a trailer, but like I felt like, yo, man, Megatron and Optimus are going through some shit. This is the end times for them. And like, well, I got like, that shot of like uh, Autobots on the on the spikes. spikes. Yeah, yeah, this is so mature shit. Like, this feels yeah. a little more mature than than like normal Transformers. So I'm like. I mean, we kind of been in this era of Transformers before with the war and fall for Cybertron video games, and we got not like this. Not no, like not this. even close. 
where you actually see Optimus, or one of the parts of the trailer that I love. Two gets close. Okay, you know what? Two gets close. Grimlock's prison sequence is actually pretty dramatic. But still, normally when you talk about the war for Cybertron and other Transformers properties, it's only just like a quick snippet or a few episodes and then you're done. Whereas this, I mean, the games, yeah, they took place on Cybertron. We saw shit go down. This is like the heart. Oh, those games are great. But this one, this show, is like showing the the hardships of war, the horrors of war, like we saw with the Autobots and the Spikes, but also Optimus Prime doubting himself. Like that line, am I seriously putting us through a pointless crusade? Is yeah, the, all uh, worth it. This is definitely Transformers for, uh, I would say, upper teenagers. It's yeah. kind of the, the, yeah. the demographic they're probably trying to go for in the early I, 20s. I feel like this is definitely a Transformers show that I have been waiting for my entire life. Yeah. Because I've always like... I'll keep I've waiting always, because it's a movie. Damn it, all right? It's free. <laughs> Either way, I'm so... Either way... No, I, I feel the same. I know what you mean, yeah. I'm the same way, Ben. Like, this is the first one that's actually, like, guard my attention for me to watch. Actually, Ben, what I'll say is this is the Transformers movie I've been waiting for. Yep. There we go. There we go. Um, I'll take that. So I, I put this one on, on there because I, I saw it quite by accident, and I thought you guys would be interested in it, but it's Woke. Uh, the new Hulu TV series Woke, coming in September 9th. I forget the actor's name, but he's from New Girl. We didn't watch that. We didn't watch this. That wasn't on Sorry. the thing. It was on oh, the thing. It was? It was? Yeah, oh, it was I missed good. it. Sorry. I missed it was it. after Transformers. Oh, I missed it. I have nothing oh. to say about this. I'm not oh, looking. I'm so, I'm, I'm so, I'm so sad because actually I, I thought you guys would like it and, and I was excited to talk to you guys about it. I so we got it. I'll get excited about it. I watched it. Well, okay, well, Ben, so it's, you know, you remember, it's the, so it's the guy from New Girls. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, New Girl. a, he's an artist who, mm-hmm. uh, who just wants to do fun art. He's not interested yeah. in making a statement with his art. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, what are you trying to say with your art? He's like, I'm not trying to say anything with my art. And then he gets stopped by the police for no reason. And then he starts movie? seeing... Is it a movie huh? or a show? Show. It's a show it's on Hulu. And he gets stopped because he was misidentified as a suspect. He essentially gets thrown on the ground, put in handcuffs, and then they're like, oh, this isn't the guy. So he was yeah. racially profiled. And so so then it becomes that he is now woke uh, in the very sense and he sees like all these eyes popping up on artwork staring at him and he's trying to struggle with like maybe i should say something with my art but i don't want to be be a part of that so it looks really good i i'm i'm really stoked for it honestly uh a a headline i just found is is hulu's newest original woke the perfect show for our time (laughs) i I guess we'll find out out. cool i like that guy cool all right yeah me too he was in bloodshot recently yes that's where i was like i know i saw him in something Yeah. yeah Um, and then something that dropped just this morning. Uh, I was actually surprised. I thought they'd be for Comic-Con. Star Trek Lower Decks. The mm-hmm. next Star Trek series coming from CBS All Access. This is the adult animated show by one of the writers of Rick and Morty. Um, writer of... Uh, show runner of... Um, let's just watch The Solar Opposites. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, and many other things. He's a huge Trekkie, so this is kind of his attempt at that, at that franchise. That looks okay. I think so. I'll tell you what, Brandon, I don't think it looks okay. I think it looks better than okay. This is actually the only Star Trek show that I've seen in the past couple years that I've actually really been interested in watching. I think this looks mm-hmm. really funny, uh, mainly because it's trying to do something actually different for a change. Not that Discovery isn't doing something different, but it's not doing what I want. This is kind of doing what I want, where I want to see, like, Star Trek isn't always just serious. Um, I you want to watch the Orville. I want to watch, well, I did watch the Orville. Right, yeah, I just yeah. not caught up. <laughs> but yeah, this is like, uh, I thought it was really funny. Uh, and like it's so much more mature than I expected it to be. 
Um, and it might not, you know, fit with traditional Star Trek, but that's 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 the world we live in, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same. Uh, no. I, I very much thought when this was announced that it was going to be like an attempt to do a Star Trek animated show, but it was supposed to feel in continuity of everything and just be about the stories of these people on Lower Decks. Now that I know that it's basically parody of Star Trek in Star Trek, but it doesn't actually exist in continuity. Yeah. Uh, I... This is continuity. This exists 100% in continuity. N fine. Uh, no, it doesn't. There's no way that they just have people who are pulling out people's hearts on Star Trek ships. Okay, so, so that's my... So that's my thing. So the so it looks funny. It looks like a funny Star Trek parody. But according to everyone involved in the show, the showrunner, Kurtzman, everyone, this is continuity. This is canon to the franchise. So it doesn't tonally, as Sparks was saying, it doesn't. I don't know if I buy that at the same time. Uh, there's all these there's all these other things going on. Someone's ripping hearts out and, and stupid oh, stuff no, like that. I definitely don't buy that it actually exists in the world of the shows. I just buy it as a fun Star Trek humor show yeah like mm -hmm. the reason i'm drawn to it is because um like it takes like like how many people run a starship like hundreds hundreds, hundreds. And hundreds of people, right thousands. Okay. thousands of people not not every single one of those people is serious yeah. it's impossible because that's what the world would be terrible if nobody was funny there's um, a really good episode of star trek the next generation called lower decks that deals with that very thing I love it. And I love like almost like the classism between like, oh, you guys are like, you guys are just like maintenance. You're like on the lower decks. Like I like that idea. Uh, and they're, they're just a bunch of like ragtag dudes working on Starship and they're not the commander or whatever. Um, yeah. it, it, I like the uh, ship design. Yeah. I like, I, like, I like, I honestly, I was really surprised how much I'm, I'm into this. It's a shame it's on yeah. a, another. It's called the USS Cerritos. Yeah. I think that's a great. Yeah. No, I love this trailer. After watching this trailer, I'm really bummed that it's only on CBS All Access because I really want to watch it. Like the joke that got me was when uh, she shoots the phaser and it's like, you almost phased me. And she's like, no, don't worry. It was set on, it was set on the stun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah this, I like those, I like those uniform designs too. This animation style and humor reminds me a lot of final space. It's a lot like final space. Yeah. Uh, the Olan Rogers TBS uh, production. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, right? No, it's not a bad thing yeah. at all. It's a good thing. Yeah. I like the look yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously, I'm watching everything Star Trek does now. Uh, I'll, I'll keep doing it until Star Trek disappoints me as much as Crimes of Grindelwald, so. Oof. And it's yet to do that. Just go back and watch Into Darkness, and you're, what a bar. you're good. What's Into Darkness? Oh, you know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Sparks. Um, I'm pretty sure Benedict Cumberbatch played a character named Con. John Harrison? I don't know what you're talking about. I, the sequel Harrison. to Star Trek 09 was Beyond. I, uh, did they make a third one? for sure um yeah anyway so we were talking about uh now sweet sweet lie <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about now the old guard this is the greg rucka written adaptation of a greg rucka comic book heck yeah it is mm -hmm. um of the same name uh so full spoilers for both the comic and the and the and the movie um if you don't want to know anything you know stop listening to the show i guess but <laughs> just leave go yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this full spoilers from here on out of the old guard, Charlie Theron. Uh, what do we think about this one? Let's go around the horn. Initial thoughts with Ben. Uh, I was really surprised how closely um, the book and the movie are like they're like almost beat for beat in certain sense. I was normally you don't get those sort of adaptations anymore, but I was because well, I read the I saw the movie first and then I read the book. Um, Normally, I would normally for these, I'd be like, "Oh, I like this over that," but no, I was like, "No, both were actually pretty damn good." 
I really liked um I really liked them both. I had a good time with both of them. I love the concept. Ryan? Yes, I agree. I actually this is one of the rare, rare cases where actually I like the movie more than I like the book. I'm in the same place. I think the book uh it, it sets the table, teddy, the table setting for the entire universe and does interesting things with the characters, but the movie really cements and actually gives those characters like real like characterization, real personality that only can happen with movies with real people, obviously. But because you have Greg Rucka directly adapting his own book, he could take all the stuff that he likes and improve on the stuff that is bad about it or vice versa and stuff like that. So much like Deadly Class had Rick Remender write it, and that's why it's such a great adaptation because when you have the original person involved, they know what works mm -hmm. and what doesn't work. Uh, and I think this is a great, just a great example of what can happen when you bring in that original author to to do their story justice. Because I think there are stuff that that happens in the movie that's much better than the book. And there are a couple oh, yeah. things in the book where I'm like, I kind of wish I had done that in the movie. One specifically that you brought up. That now after reading the book, I'm like, why did they even make that choice? I don't get it. Um, but besides that, I I think this is a super fun action movie. It's very, it's a, it's it's super diverse. It's got a great cast. Um, uh, female director, like I, just, I thought it was a, a win, 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 win. Thought it was right. a lot of fun. Yeah. Sparks. I echo a lot of what Ryan just said. I think that um, the both have like a certain amount of flaws, but I overall prefer the the film version. Um, I think the book has some stuff that I wish had been incorporated to the film, but overall, uh, I liked both. I enjoyed doing both, but I, I do think the movie kind of surpasses the book in most aspects. Yeah, I'm kind of sitting kind of sitting with with ben i think i like both uh pretty much the same for different reasons i'm happy that the book stuck so closely to the comic in the case there's dialogue bits even though the settings are changed um but i'm also glad with what the changes were with the exception of one i'll be honest um because it made the book it made the movie feel like i was watching a distinct product to the book i wasn't watching an adaptation i was watching a an inspiration of i guess mm. if that makes any sense um, so I think they're both strong in, in different aspects. Well, I mean, like, uh, let's just go into that. Like, what's the your one thing? And we'll just. I don't like that they changed it so that Charlize Theron is no longer immortal. OK. Yeah, same. I, I, don't, I don't get it. So right. here's the thing. Uh, and I want to be I, I'm also in agreement on this, but I want to be really clear. If the movie had not tried to set up a sequel at the end, I wouldn't have minded yeah. if this were a yeah. standalone film. I do not mind it. Brandon, the game is on. The clear intention. The game is on. The, the clear intention of the six months. It was funny because right at the end, uh, they're doing the part where they're in their room and they're like, hopefully you're going to do this for us. And Ryan's like, it's the game is on. And I'm like, well, kind of. I mean, it doesn't demand a sequel. And then it goes six months later. And I'm like, now it's the now game is on. Yeah. <laughs> um, if they hadn't so strongly hinted at a furthering sequel, almost feeling like it's necessary, I would feel like Charlie Saron, uh, not being immortal anymore in this movie worked because it's a standalone story and I'm, I'm into that. We're never going back. I think that works fine. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. because they set up a sequel that I go, I don't think that was the right choice now that I've read the book. I don't yeah. think that was the right choice. So I read the, I read the book first and then I watched the movie. Yeah. And uh, which is rare for me because I generally don't do that, but I, I decided to do it this time and watching the movie. There were a lot of points where I, I remember reading the book and going like, Oh, are they going to make a story of how she's losing her, her immortality but they don't do that in the book and then when i saw those hints in the movie i was like oh they're doing what i thought the book was gonna do yeah yeah mm -hmm. and i just don't think it works for very for exactly the reason that yeah. you stated yeah, um, well, well, when i was reading the book i was actually waiting to get to the part where charlie's theron was gonna lose her mortality 
And then, or when Andy was going to lose her immortality, and then she never does. So I'm like, so as I'm reading this, and this is only, and it's only five issues. I mean, I assume there's more. The, but... the second volume is currently coming out right now. Okay, yeah. cool. But at the same time, it's like one of the th- one of the things I loved about the movie is how the stakes were now higher for Charlie Cyril. Because throughout the movie, like she's getting shot, she's getting hurt, she's like, okay, yeah, whatever. But now her safety net is gone, so she has to be extra careful. And I really like and I really like that in the film. Whereas in the book, it's still like she's like, that's, yeah, or whatever. That is a good point, Ben. That is a good point. Um, hold on, real, real, I yeah. I will say again, this is only the first the first five issues of of the comic. And again, this is only the comic came out in 2017. It's very new. The second volume is only coming out right now. Mm-hmm. But maybe because Greg Rekka knew where the story was going from the comic, he implemented the stuff with her immortality early. Because maybe this is something happening in the comic right now that we just don't know. Because, like, again, like, a lot of comics that we read, like, they go, a lot of the movies they make, they incorporate many volumes into one book, or into one movie. And this one is very much just that first volume. So he could I think that's where that, I think that's where that, the the other girl, the girl who was trapped in the water, I think she's from the second volume that they put into the fabric of this The game is on, yeah, definitely. I think that might be second volume stuff, too. Um, So, again, like, the more I think about it, like I'm, I'm kind of conflicted because it does add kind of this like unnecessary drama. But again, there really isn't drama because there are no stakes. So Ben, I do, I do. Oh, downright nerdy. Give that point credit of it adds some stakes, I guess. So here's, yeah. uh, hey, downright nerdy. Hey, bud. So here's here's my counter to what you're saying there because uh, I I agree for the most part, but the thing is, like, there are no stakes if the character wants to die. Yeah. Right. Which she does. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care. Yeah. So mm-hmm. her not caring means I don't need to care so much if she dies she's pretty much made peace with it already yeah so those stakes kind of become moot and again it is again something where uh, if they were a standalone film i'd say you know what it works out it, it works well it's a nice balance of of nile coming up and her going away and passing the torch kind of thing but knowing that they want to do another it's like no you could have just saved that for later that now it feels like you've shortchanged her for the next thing yeah yeah. Uh, now it feels like we always have to be on pins and needles about her character in a way that doesn't work as well against the backdrop of this this world and these characters. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because uh, it, it is nice that... So what's nice in the book, I think, about her staying immortal is that she, she does want to die and she's not dying. And then by the end of the book, this happens in the movie too, but by the end of the book, she, she realizes a reason to be living. Mm-hmm. 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 And I think that's supposed to be the emotional journey. And when it's just thrust upon her through the force of, well, now you're dying anyway, so make a choice about it. Uh, you have to confront it like I don't. Quicker. I don't like the way that it's not given the emotional weight I wanted to for her specifically in the right. film, and for me to consider it yeah. stakes. Yeah. Well, also, one, yeah. also one other thing about uh, Andy in the movie is that she doesn't know what good she actually has done throughout. That's a good change, I think. I think. That, also, I think the two. The whole thing she, about rewriting history is so good. Yeah, because she talks about how in the very beginning of the movie, she talks about how bad the world's getting. Like they see she looks she watches the news in Marrakesh, how the world's going to shit. And then they get found out and they're like, look at what we've done. We're not the world's not getting any better, the world isn't getting fixed. And it's not until the end where she where um essentially Copley, who I actually liked Copley a whole lot. I liked um he's, I still I think he's a lot better in the movie. Yeah, I, can, a character. I, I, I wish they'd given him uh, that bit from the book where he calls him mm. and he says, yeah. I bet she's coming for you. You ain't going to live long. Bye. Yeah, that, that <laughs> is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I, but I do like how Copley becomes, he, when I was watching the movie, he kind of gave me a Lawrence Fishburne vibe and Ant-Man and the Wasp where he's doing a bad thing, but he's doing it for like 
the quote unquote right reasons, if that makes sense. Yes. And then when he show when they look at his wall and they talk and he's talking to him, he's like, look at all the good you guys have done throughout the centuries. You saved this boy. This boy became a Nobel Peace Prize for science. You saved this girl. She became a, a famous doctor. And they're like, oh, so we are doing the good. It's we may not see it in the nightly news, but we actually are making a true difference. And that is another way that gives Charlize Theron's character, even though she's losing her mortality, a way to soldier on in a sense. I uh, I will real quickly want to just say I don't think they should have kept Copley as CIA if he's if he's if they cast Chiwetel Ejiofor. It's really just a thing that just annoys me when they're just like, I thought you had to be American. Oh, I was born in Boston and raised in London. It's like, just say he's MI6. I don't need to deal with that. Oh, um, yeah. Like, it, yeah. It doesn't, yeah, uh, I, yeah. So I really like her learning about like the influence they've had and everything, too. I think that's a good touch. Here's the thing it actually hurt Copley's character for me because if he's a person who observes that and recognizes it, the way you go about asking them to help humanity with their genetics is not to have them captured. Yeah. If you understand what they do for humanity, you don't just go, okay, they should get captured and put into a cage. That's what I'm going to help set up. That doesn't make sense. I And that that bothered me because I, I don't okay. those two things don't gel. Here's okay, I I do see where you're coming from, but I will counter it by by he is so wrapped up in the emotion of his dead wife cuz he can't stop talking about his 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 dead wife. Um so that's very very serious for him and like he clearly is like a good guy and and maybe he's like he doesn't expect that the bad guys are going to be as bad as they are. I, I mean, like, I, obviously, that's supposed to be built into yes. the character. I don't find it believable. Merrick is clearly a sleazeball. Yes. You know from the moment that you're having these kind of gunmen going and escorting around that you're causing uh, a, a dynamic that is not healthy for these individuals who you recognize what they're able to do for humanity as a whole. Yeah. It would make far more sense. Like, she calls him out on it. Niall calls him out on it and says, you did see this, and rather than, like, keeping it to yourself you decide to share uh, what wasn't yours to give mm -hmm. and that doesn't even with the dead wife it still feels like something where he'd approach and he'd say i think that we could find a way kind of thing and communicate about it rather than jumping to i'm gonna get them trapped and locked up and captured and all that i don't know that that is it the same in the comic no because he doesn't he doesn't have that kind of research on them about their influence okay. that's what i'm saying it's specifically right. that he knows this influence he's created this tapestry that he shows them of all the good they do and he goes and the best thing now is for them to get captured by the head of a pharmaceutical company and have their genetics taken away from them and probably be there for a very long time where i can't possibly get them out once they're captured yeah that doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to me that's fair yeah uh what do we think of uh dudley dursley uh, I like his performance. I think his character is written really poorly, especially after reading the comic where the villain is more interesting. Yeah, I'm yeah, a much longer, but... prefer the 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 buff like surfer tech dude than even, just the uh, women. Even just have the Dudley Dursley character, but like I, the moment I wish that they kept from the book is when he stabs them out of uh, out of obsession of wanting to know what it feels like to murder somebody. He just mm -hmm. stabs them over and over and over again. And even to the point that everybody in the room is like, whoa. He's even like, I don't wish you ever that had been in the movie because yeah. that at least would have given him some kind of sadistic nature and everything. He's just a bland Elon Musk pharmaceutical type. It's not. I mean, he does do a stabby thing on them, but like, but it's, it's, not but, as... it's but it's motivated by them doing yeah. something first. Yeah. In the book, he just goes for it yeah. because he wants to, because he can. Yeah. And, and I, that's what I wanted him to be. It doesn't I would definitely say, well, I would definitely say in the book, he was much more of a threat and he was much more scarier because in the, in the film throughout the most of the film, he looks like this whippy dude. Who's like, who's spouting that. Oh, 
like one of the great lines is like, oh, that's a grand justification for what you're trying to do here. And how about how I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm trying to save people from dementia. I'm trying to save people from horrible diseases. And you're being so selfish. He's like, oh, but you're still going around killing people to get to what you want. Hmm, okay, yeah. yeah. Whereas in the comic book, he was just like, nah, F y'all. I'm doing this because it makes me filthy stinking rich. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do like the way how he dies a little bit more in the film than he does in the book. Don't get me wrong. In the book, his character deserves it. Getting shot. I think they're both awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're both great. But also getting stabbed with uh, uh, with Andy's axe and then falling thirty some floors down into your own car. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I like I like the I, uh, the play dead uh, comeback. Oh yeah, yeah. I like the performance. Cause, I, mean, I haven't seen this kid since since Harry Potter, so right. it was so it was kind of cool. Like he really grew. Yeah. Hey, Bordenoid. Bordenoid, hello. Hey, uh, we're talking about the old guard, comic book and movie. Zelda. Uh, spoilers abound. Um. Yeah, I, I think that he did a good performance. I just wish that the villain had been written to be any amount more interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially because knowing that the source material did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like they shot themselves in the foot on the... I feel like Greg Rucka shot himself in the foot on the writing of Merrick in the film. Yeah. It's just not... It's not very uh, engaging to I watch will say him. where he didn't shoot himself in the foot is, is our core five characters. I yes. think the chemistry... Yeah. All of them is so good, which is impressive and for guys wrote, like Jafar. Yes, again, yeah. one of them to shoot themselves in the foot too. Yes, yes. Uh, you brought up Jafar because like yeah. I, I didn't. I, I was seeing his face and I'm like, who? Where is he from? Holy crap! He's oh Jafar. Yes. Fatty. Yeah. Well, see that dude's no, a great actor. I thought. Okay. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. So when they were watching this movie together, she said, "Hey, that's Jafar." I'm like, "No, that's Scar." And she's like, no, the other guy. I'm like, do you mean the dude? <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's your problem. I'm like, no, it's not. And then as I watch the movie, I'm like, oh shit, it is. Wild. Yeah. Wild. That's that's the guy. Oh yeah. I love that he, really that they kept his. I love that they kept his monologue of. For sure, his... that's that's a great oh, monologue. There's a lot of cool. like direct, direct, great, great uh, writing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This entire movie, so many. Yeah, especially yeah, like you are an infant and your in your insult is infantile. This man is not my boyfriend. He is the love of my life, and he. Makes the sun ex- He's not oh, my lover. He's not my partner. He's yeah. more. He's everything and more. Yeah, and yeah, it's so okay. emotional. And yeah. then, oh yeah, and that's ripped straight from the book. I like I the did. two of them a lot. I like the two of those characters a lot, especially especially when they open the the thing. It's from the comic, and they open the back uh-huh. door. It's like, don't suppose you're gonna take these off of us, right? Yep. You would have thought one of them would have had the keys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh great. no, Mickey and Joe together. I love those two. Yes. Yeah, me too. I love and, their, their 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 story of that they. Yeah. Thought, they fought, each other. they fought each other in the crusade and then they started then they fell in love with each other that's like the most badass like some yeah, of their stories are really good uh, maybe, i actually really wish they kept a lot of the flashbacks from the comic yeah there's a lot yeah. of good, especially with andy there's a lot of really good stuff with andy the stuff with achilles yeah i love yeah. achilles yeah i wish that we do get a visual reference to him which i appreciated yeah oh um, no <laughs> we're spoiling we're nerdy I think we're gonna watch. Definitely stop listening to us. We're spoiling. We're spoiling spoiling the the whole damn thing. So I think um, it wasn't in this first volume. It might be in the second volume. But um, the stuff with with Quinn or Gwen, whatever her name was, she is trapped at the bottom of the ocean. She has a different name in the book. She does have a different name in the book. Um, No, it's not. It's not the same character. Okay. Looked it up. So the one who the one in the comic who jumps off the boat is not the same character. Okay. Okay. Does this character character exist in the book? I think in the second volume. Maybe the second volume. Okay. Yeah. But you don't I think know. that I think I I don't know for sure, but no, it is not the same character. If I'm going to bet it's going to be second volume because I that's, thought the same thing 
But I'm like, no, okay, they're probably not gonna do that. Um, it's got it's got really good action down right nerdy. You should be. Yeah. Like no joke. The 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 simple premise of being locked in an Iron Maiden at the bottom of, of an ocean, um, dying and over and over, over and Drowning. over again for 500 years. No joke might be one of the most like sad things I've ever heard in, 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 in like fiction. Like That's some doomsday shit right there. Drowning for endless 500 years, just dying, drowning, dying, drowning. Like, yo, that would turn you evil. Oh yeah, that would turn you evil. The game is on. <laughs> I don't want to talk yeah. about that tease until the <laughs> yeah, end. Yeah, until the end, yeah. I uh, uh, yeah, I like mentioned some of the flashbacks. I kind of wish they kept a lot of the flashbacks, like with uh, Achilles. We see there's a visual nod to with the painting in the cave, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which I, I did appreciate. We get a, we get a flashback with uh, with Quinn, but uh, there's especially a flashback yeah, that I would have liked. The other guy. Oh wait, we do get the other guy's flashback with, with his son, which I'm really glad they kept that one in. Yeah, yeah. it's just our time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like it when I like that the flashback of the guy uh, book and he and he's talking about his son and how his son like resented him towards the end. They, uh, definitely, started, they definitely made that monologue more emotional than in the comic because in the comic, oh, it's yeah. just like, yo, tell, hey, yo, tell, uh, tell uh, Dial about you, about your family. Uh, and it here was, it's like, it's more or less the same words, too. Yes. It's just that you're seeing the visuals of what he's talking about, which makes it more impactful. Yeah. 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 Um, like, yeah, a lot of really, really good monologues of like, Good emotions. Yeah. 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 Um, and the, the, I, think the, I mean, well, sorry, Brian. I just oh, the Crusades. The, the one I wanted to say, the, the Crusades flashbacks, the one I wish they kept in. Oh, I really wanted the Crusades flashback. But the one, the flashback I kind of liked a little bit more in the in the film than the book was was Booker's son. Because in the comic book, his son is an old man. I mean, yeah, can't die from cancer is a horrible thing. But in the movie, his son was in his 40s. He even right. says my son was 42 and he was the last one to die. Right. And then he visits his son in his hospital bed dying from cancer, and he's just yelling and screaming at him to get out. That, I felt, was ten times more impactful than the, than the book one, where you see him as an old man on a crutch, and he's just like, bad, GTFO. The sure. healing effects are really good in this movie also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the action is, is, is solid throughout, throughout mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like the action bits. The, the parts where they were doing the choreography together, they're really seamless and, and, and really excellent to watch them all work together. Like passing but the, the, the bit around. The, yeah, the bit in the church with Charlie Theron, like she can fight, man. She's great. Oh, yeah. uh, I wish everybody had used their blades more. Me too. But they go in with blades so clearly and specifically attached, but the one who wields it really is is uh, Charlize with the axe. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the rest don't. Yeah. Uh, I wish that they... You know, not have them or or actually use them more. Um, I was surprised that they use more of the axe in the movie than in the book. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's a cool axe. But it's cool. Uh, I really, really appreciate that Niall is given time to meet all of them before Nikki and June. Does Niall have Joe so much are... like so much more screen time in this than in the book? Does it feel like? No, yeah, I, no, no. I think it's a... pretty present from the from the moment she's introduced. You bounced, right. you bounced real hard for a second there on your mic. Oh, uh, sorry. It's okay. Uh, it's it's pretty much the same. It's just that she's given a lot more play being directly involved in the action, okay. whereas uh, the movie creates a removal for a moment so that she can do the rescue. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was going to say, like, having her have that beat where she gets to talk with all of them around a table before they're taken, yeah. uh, I thought was far more helpful for, like, character involvement and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that they had that, because in the book, it's a you know, she when she gets there, they're already taken and he's shot. And yeah, all that. Yeah. Um, uh, 
one of one of the reasons why it bothers me so much that Andy uh, is, do- is no longer uh, immortal um, partway into the film is because I really like in the comic that her and Booker just keep shooting the shit out of each other when she's mad at him. Yeah. And yeah. he's trying to explain himself. And I'm like, this is a great way for them to be getting out that aggression because of course they would. And uh, not being able to do that in the film, I think was a sore loss to have. Yeah. Yeah. And then Niall actually straps in. It was like, you guys have been around. I mean, she, like you've been around for thousands of years. You've been around for a few hundred years, but you're acting like kids. And I'm, yeah. I'm 27. You're all this dirt and you're acting I, like babies. I, yeah, I, I love that line. Uh, I think the betrayal for me works better in the movie too, because uh, yeah. it's for basically the same. It feels like the same reasons, but mm-hmm. like it, it feels a little more, I don't know, like emotional or sincere than just like we all want to die. Life sucks. Whereas in like in the movie, it feels like Andy, I'm trying to help you. You want to die, don't you? Like it feels mm-hmm. a little more like sincere with his betrayal. Uh, so like the so when he does try to get redeemed and like they they eventually forgive him and stuff, I feel like that's a little more paid off for me personally. Yeah. Oh, I, I, like, the, end, the end with like the hundred ba- hundred year ban had way more impact than the book to me. No, no, no. I'm not saying like all that betrayal redemption stuff doesn't like work better in the movie. I yeah. think it does. I just wish that when she's having it out against him, no, they yeah. could have had that shootout kind of moment oh, uh, I, yeah. rather than uh, uh, you know angry looks across yeah. uh, the room of gurneys. Yeah, yeah. But also, I love how Niall figures it out. Yeah. How she like she takes the she's taking the she realizes that the gun that um that Booker gave uh Andy was empty. Oh and yeah. She connects the dots and be like, oh shit, and that's a great motivation for her to go back. And then she's and then Niall sees all the good that they've done after confronting Copley, and then she gets up to the tower. I think that's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like the book one better where she's like, You guys don't understand. You can't just have internet in a cave. It doesn't oh, work like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. She knows more than they do about technology, mm-hmm. so they're not even keenly aware of it she's like uh that doesn't actually make sense yeah mm-hmm. and even uh like what uh, did, i do like how andy's like tr- in the book she's like trying to she has like a phone and she's like how the hell do you bottom button oh <laughs> right. there's a sequence there's like a sequence the yeah there's a sequence that i that i really enjoy it's when they jump out of the building uh copley's building and they're just falling it's like so how are you enjoying your first day yeah <laughs> like, uh, i, 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 I kind of I'm kind of sad they didn't keep that in, and they they didn't keep it in because she lost they, her immortality. It's like, uh, yeah, I've never jumped from that high, and she's like, you lied. And it's like, what do you want? Skyscrapers have only been around for like half a century. Yeah, um, <laughs> like I think all my bones are broken. No, they are. I also I also really miss the moment when he when she when she says it in the comic where she's like, I'm six thousand something something years old, and blah blah blah. I I like that moment. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I was curious how old because obviously she's the oldest one, ancient Greece old, but I'm like. I want, she's like a thousand years old, a few thousand years old. I was really hoping to find the movie, didn't get it. But in the books, I was like, 6,000, damn. Like she was worshipped as a god once. Like I think I think it's such a cool uh, idea that I'm sure the longer that this franchise goes on for a movie or comic, we'll learn more about, about their history. But like how she arrived to just being like a world traveling, just like nice mercenary when she she could have been like, you know, like in Egypt being worshipped as like a pharaoh or, you know, stuff like, like a, what her life has been to arrive here. Like, so I cool. like the whole plane scene is really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I really like that a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember Niall talking about being interested in antiques. In not the, in the movie. She, she is in the comic. In the comic no, no, yeah. I'm talking in the movie. Not in the movie. Um, so, so I really like that aspect in the comic. Yeah, I she, wish that she, does, she, does, she does mention the, the statue, though. It's the same sequence as the statue in the movie and the comic. Right, 
yeah, yeah. For but she doesn't talk about like I was planning to open an antique shop oh, yeah. after the core. That's the thing I would have liked to have been there. I think that's just a nice, really cool character detail, making her interested in like all this history. It shows kind of a a, a fascinated future that she can have. Yeah. Uh, that kind of connects to who she already was. Yeah. And expands on just her being more than a soldier, which I wish the, it, it's such a simple beat that existed in the book. I wish that they just included it in, in the film. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Cause like the, the, that scene is in there where she's like, oh, it's like, it's an original, it's original one of these guys. Did you know yeah. him? And then she'd be like, oh yeah, I was studying that before I went to the Marines or something. Could've... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, well, just like after the Marine Corps, my intention was to open an antique shop, which is yeah. exactly what she says. And I'm like, that tells me so much more about her than I'm a soldier. Yeah. And yeah. I, and they didn't do that it's kind of thing line. in the film. And I wish that they had. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the movie. I really, I really enjoyed the book. I'm curious in, uh, to go into that sequel. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that sequel happens too. Well, I mean, it is happening. Well, the the comic is happening, and the movie apparently did oh. really well. well. I'm talking about the movie. Yeah, the movie did really well, so I think it's probably on its way. Yeah, we'll see. I hope so because, uh, man, but I don't know. I didn't it's love the, for the sequel. I won't lie. It felt. I had a you know what? I had a feeling it was going to happen. Because she talks about her quite a bit, we get a scene with her. We see her get thrown into the uh, into the coffin, yeah. chucked off the water. So I'm si I'm sitting there thinking, where does she fit in? And then the second we get the six months later, but I'm like, there it is. There's yeah, for, the piece. I, I I thought for sure, like, oh, this is where the story could go. I just didn't want to see a tease about it in this movie. It's very. I don't like I don't like the tease because I'm. It doesn't. It leaves me with more questions about the movie than I think are good questions because they're the kind of questions like, why does she know where Booker is? Why does she know so much about who Booker is? I understand she's supposed to have the dreams and everything, but she's like <clears throat> intimately detailed. And I'm like, here's the thing. I just don't believe you can be drowning and dying over and over again for 500 years at the bottom of the ocean and be cognitively able to stand normal in a room and drink a glass of water like a person. <laughs> I, I just don't, I can't like uh, you're like not... like if there's a bridge before that, that's great. I think there but is. But I didn't want this introduction here because it leaves me in like a, well, that feels like the most boring interpretation of who this character could be after an experience like that. I have a hundred percent feeling that like yeah, there is a bridge that we'll eventually get to how she got. I'm out. sure, but you get what I mean. You know, hundred percent. Um, it reminds me of the 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 Avatar: the Last Airbender uh, Azula tease. It's like, oh, his sister's here. And it's like, look, it's me. I'm that character. Look, uh, mm. it, in filmmaking and in television making, the order of se the sequence of events as you see them matters. And tell me that the opening of the Old Guard 2 with however she got out of the water and she's like off her rock rocker and then later becomes this person when we see her in the next scene isn't a better introduction of her coming and fills, filled with more tension than, hi, I'm standing in this room with a glass of water. Hey, Booker, what's up? What's up? The game is on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. it matters, and I just I didn't need that. I thought that tease sucked all the tension of me anticipating that kind of interaction it, out so of the room. It also like it tells you exactly what the next movie is going to be instead of leaving you with any questions. Like again, it, it asks more questions than like, oh, I wonder what the next movie could be about. Oh no, we know what it is about. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. know. It's a Marvel tease. Yeah, I think uh, anybody uh, anybody who does a tease like that should be required to always say the game's on. It's yes. Always. The game is on. Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim Uprising. The Booker's game is on. Really drunk there, like, oh. mm, the game is on. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> God. yeah, it's just, it's it's so, uh, 
in a film that was so well paced and kept me interested in and wanting more that deflated me in it a seems way like a producer that really knows. sucked it seems like a producer like hey you've got to set up the sequel it's a marvel movie right no this is not a, anything no but do it yeah i i think the stand-up for me for sure for this movie is the action um but i think i like the the way the story unfolds better in the comic i don't know i'm sitting on both of them and it's it's it teeters it teeters yeah there's definitely like aspects from both that i think I both hurt and then improve their individual things and yeah. it's not quite the perfect meshing in the movie of what it could have been but yeah. it's still it's still good it's yeah. still yeah. very enjoyable um i still think the core cast itself like like especially like the chemistry between um nick and joe like yeah. i like though that was they were so fun to watch all the time they're just so mm-hmm. just so in love with each other and just like they don't give a shit about anyone thinks. i honestly so wish they could have like i understand that the comic wrote it that way so it is what it is but i wish they could have done more in the film yeah um yeah. but i still i still like it uh oh i wanted to spotlight that moment in the comic because i thought it was dope um when they trick the doctor to letting them out oh yeah oh yeah i mean it's like uh so you'll you'll say that everything was fine it's like well really man you did it for your own personal well-being so you're not really a good person and honestly you went at this a little too eagerly so and that that panel of his neck swirled into the crack is so good does something kind of like that happen to a doctor where like she gets like like neck snapped Remember? No, not the really just it's, the, it's the lead of the it's the lead of the oh, the, uh, the, the, the squad guys? to protect them. The and in guy. the comic, he's dropped out the window. That's right for shooting him. But in this, yeah, he does do that like bam and right on like, your <laughs> neck. Yeah, that was a really good shot. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that was good action. But the doctor just gets knocked to the side. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, all in all, good. Want to see more? Yeah. What do we rate the movie? The final thoughts? Rate movie? I'll give it a seven point five. I thought it was pr- pretty fun. Good action. Um, that's yeah eight no 7.5 yeah i thought it was good good yeah. fun yes. yeah i give it i give it a 7.5 also yeah. um i i i think overall it's really solid uh to be honest it i think i would prefer a world where this movie because they go about the angle of having her lose her immortality and getting wounded and setting up that as part of the story i'd almost prefer this to be a one-off i don't really want the sequel tease i don't even know if i want the sequel right now uh, because of how the movie told the story. I'm like, I like this as a self-contained thing at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's sure. unfortunately not. And yeah. if it wasn't going to be, I kind of wish they had kept the comic element of her staying immortal for the time being. Yeah. But uh, especially because I don't feel like we got some of the best parts of what was so good about her being immortal in the comic out of the movie. She mm-hmm. she lost that pretty early on. And we didn't get some of her best, like what I can do action-wise because F it, it don't matter. Uh, out of her, which yeah, I yeah. think is a shame. There, I do yeah. like the line that they they took from. Um, it was just like a description dialogue of like she knows how to kill more men and like didn't... she's uh she's learned more ways to kill uh than uh and she's forgotten more ways to kill than any army has ever yeah. learned. Yeah, uh, and that's like a descriptor in the comic, but like that's something that like one of the characters says about, says about her. her yeah. And I'm like, that's a cool little like descriptor. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yo man, you're around six thousand years. You probably know how to kill a fool. Right. Uh, it's been so long since we. Uh, reviewed a movie. I forgot how he did it. Uh, <laughs> ben, what would you rate it? I'd give it a seven. Hmm? Solid, solid movie. I I had fun watching it. I wasn't bored. My mind didn't wander. It. I mean, it's got some issues. Like now that we've been talking about, it, I was like, okay, yeah, there are some things that are kind of, eh, but there are things I really liked. Like I kind of do wish they were using their swords and their blades a little bit more, along with the gunplay. Yeah. But either all in all, it was a solid adaptation. It was fun, and I. In more, I'm interested in this world. 
and I'm actually kind of hoping for that sequel. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm about a seven point five or an eight. I'd have to settle on a bit more, but that's kind of where I'm where I'm sitting. I think the action is really good, and I, got, I was really entertained throughout the movie. Yeah, Charlie Theron's um, like I, oh, yeah, I he's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Do we have anything else we want to talk about the comic, or is or is that it? Um. Let's see. Um. Uh, I. No, I, I like a lot of the flashback stuff with Andy. Like, I like, I like, like, it, it, they don't go to it too much in the movie, but I really wish they went harder in the fact that, like, she doesn't care and she has slept around the entire world. And, like, uh, they don't go to it too much, but, like, I, but it is there. Um, but I really like, I, when you're 6,000 years old, man, you have such a history. And they just, every issue just plopped a little bit in here and there. And I just, the, I kind of just wanted more of that, but it's not like a negative. It's just I wanted more of it. The movie mm-hmm. does expand better on the, on the concept of, discovering a reason for living yes um than than the comic did yeah. uh also yeah. i'll agree with that for sure um it's I, helped, I wanna... by that, helped by that copley thing even though it makes copley yeah, less yeah sensible. This, despite the copley thing i do think like her whole thing is like the world's not getting better we're not helping when in actuality you are the reason the world is, is, is the way it is like you you have made it better uh that yeah. is a cool realization i wanted to point out that i really like in the comic obviously in the movie but since we're talking about the comic but like the idea that the premise is everything dies it's just not our time yet mm-hmm. like just one day they will stop healing yeah. and they'll die i like that i think that's a pretty interesting wrinkle to the to the whole immortality thing it's one of those things yeah. where, like i don't i really hope they never fully go into the explanation because like i don't uh, yeah same same i agree uh i was surprised that the comic didn't show niall dreaming about them and didn't even establish that that happened mm. uh yeah. i like that aspect in the movie more that they're dreaming about each other at the same time so like when she sees her there's some kind of recognition of it, of it. Uh, of 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 knowing who she is to a degree. Oh, man, again, that is almost like a literally straight from the book. Like they dream and they wake up and he grabs his notepad. Like, all right, so I see free men. Really oh, yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Like they all they all get different aspects. Like that is such a. Cool and I like idea. I like in the comic that she has the beat where she's like, "No, we're not doing this right now." And it's like, "Dude, no, we got to." Yeah. <laughs> what are you mm-hmm. talking about? <laughs> um. Okay. I guess that'll do it then. Yeah. It's it's yeah. nice. It's nice to have a a good comic book adaptation come out that we can talk yeah. about like that's mm-hmm. it feels like it's been a long ass time yeah um all right so next week ben you're going to be off oh uh, you know what um uh, sorry real quick uh the comic has really nice art yeah um, there are some oh, pages yeah. that i think are uh what they do with shadows specifically is really really creative uh and i really liked that some of the paneling is exceptional um yeah, I just wanted to spotlight that because we didn't really touch on the art of the book. That's and true. I really did like the art in the book, yeah. too. Yeah, um, it point. took me a little while at first. At first, I didn't warm up to it right away. But then, like, I saw a lot of what they were doing with colors and, and where shadows were. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, so, Ben, next week, mm-hmm. you'll be off yeah. uh, for the mo- for the majority of the episode. Obviously, you'll be on for the topic. Oh, um, oh. But uh, we are going to skip your book club and move you. Ben, for one, I'm going to go grab my book club. So Ryan, uh, it's the time that Ryan needs to talk about his book club. Uh, 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 Real quick. So what what will happen next week is we are not going to be doing our show live like we've been doing during the quarantine because we are doing our topic and then the rest of our show in two separate recordings. Um, So we'll just be releasing one video episode once we've recorded both as a big uh, edited piece. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be doing that very quickly after we record them. I'll, I'll be working on that. And uh, that's how that's going to go yeah. because of Ben's uh, planned absence, unless for some yeah. reason it doesn't go. Yeah. Uh, in which but case right we're... now it's looking like Ben, you are going. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's pretty much all there is to know about that. And Ryan, what's your what's your book club this hey week? Guys, my name is Ryan Eliopoulos. And after watching 15 DC animated movies, I'm in the mood for some more DC stuff. So, sorry, I ran. Now I'm out of breath because I'm out of shape. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I think I'm pretty sh- I'm the only person who read this book when it was coming out. This is at the end of the New 52 because this was in my 2017 long box. And I was at the very front. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's that? What's that? And I was like, oh, yeah. It is Nightwing, the New Order. It is an Elseworlds tale about Nightwing being the leader of the anti-superhero force of the future. Oh, excuse me. So it's really cool. It's an Elseworlds tale about um, Nightwing and Corey's son, and he has superpowers. And what is Rick Grayson? Oh, Rick Grayson. Excuse me. What is Dick? Excuse Rick- me. Yeah, that's a bad Freudian slip. What does Dick Grayson do when he is the leader of the free world and he's outlawed superhero powers and his son has superhero powers? It's a cool Elseworlds story. Can't wait for you to read it. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Uh, and I and we'll I'll just say again, like to anyone listening, our 200th episode, our topic is that we are talking about all uh, of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, we are talking about the entire show. We are discussing both the ADV and Netflix dubs uh, in a slight comparative thing, but we're just talking about the show in general um, and End of Evangelion, the film. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. So if you are not familiar, you have some time. You got a week. If you're in quarantine and you're unemployed, what else are you doing? It's only watch Evangelion. It's, it's 26 episodes, half hour long. The movie's like an hour and a half. Uh, it's one of the greatest animes of all time. I got a tattoo of it. I love it. You're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna be here. You're gonna wanna know about it because we're gonna go hard into it, and it's yeah. gonna be oh, literally yeah. gibberish if you don't know. Yeah, what we're we will about. not, we will not be baby stepsing that one. Maybe nope. the first like three minutes will be a. Uh, we wanted <laughs> a description. We wanted to pick something very big for our 200th episode, and Evangelion is big, so. Yeah. I'm so happy everyone got into it. So there, so there you go. Episode 200 next week. Uh, stay tuned for that. We also have things uh, on this on this channel. If you guys are watching the live stream, we have other Thank shows. You, Thank you, Meg. Uh, we'll see you in episode 200. Right. Also. Thank you, Meg. Um, we have Fake Nerds Watch, which is another show we have on here where we do after shows of various TV shows. Uh, the Boys season one. You can check that out for, before the Boys season two comes out. Um, we also have Basement Arcade, which we are two episodes away, I believe you said, uh, from yes. finishing our Mortal Kombat Mortal series. Mortal Kombat, yep. Two so more. that'll so stay tuned for that, and then another Basement Arcade series that you guys are discussing now, right? Yep. Um, and we also have our new show, Fake Nerd Book Club, uh, where we talked about Wasted Space. We finished that series. We did the first three episodes on the first three volumes of that series. Happy to say it's not over yet, so stay tuned for more. And we are getting the writer. Michael Morecci on that show uh, coming up this week, uh, around, thereabouts. So definitely want to check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're very excited. And if you guys are keeping up with the Fake Nerd Book Club or you guys are interested in starting the next series, it is The Pride on Comixology. Yes, uh, the Comixology original, The Pride. Um, yeah. Uh, at the comic store this week, um, I re- after learning that Michael Morecci wrote some Star Wars comics, I saw two different Star Wars comics with his name on it. Yep. And I'm like, bro, good for you getting yes. that Star Wars He's money. He's currently... Michael Morecci, who wrote Wasted Space, is currently writing the Star Wars Clone Wars Battle Tales series, mm-hmm. a five-issue series. Um, definitely something that we're going to be mentioning when we talk with him. Uh, you know, if you've got questions for Michael Morecci, let us know before we he's, talk to him He's written in Bla- two days. The novel Black Star Renegades. He's written Roche Limit. Uh, he's written uh, the, the Pale. It's another in the book. He's it's a cool guy. Check him out. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. We also have a Funko affiliate link uh, where you can click the click, click the link in the description below for 10% off your purchase of any Funko Pop. There's a lot of cool pops coming out for 
Comic-Con, I think. I don't know. You guys like Sonic? I know nobody here does. Uh, but if you guys do, Pops. I don't think Ben wants Pops. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so either. There's another Stephen King Pop. No, 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 Ben. Ben, I'm being sincere. Do you want Super Silver, the Funko? I actually, I really want Super Tails. Yeah, but do you want Super Silver? Silver? Not really. That's isn't that a stupid combo? It is. It, it should have. It should. Oh, it should have been. It should have been Hyper Knuckles and, and uh, Turbo Tails. That's what because we have Supersonic already. Should have been Hyper Knuckles and Turbo Tails because that's a thing. That's actually a I, thing. I agree with you. Or at least like Super Shadow. Oh, well, he was E3 last year though. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, but still, super, super silver. So Come I on. know, simple, super on. silver with tails. It should, if, if, if they were should have been fit with silver, it should have been blaze. Sure, I, love, I agree. I what this. are you guys talking about? We're talking about product <laughs> stuff. You <laughs> wouldn't understand. Hey, man, no, this is our X Men no, right now. Who's silver? <laughs> silver is Do you the really want me to tell you? I travel. He's from the bad Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 uh, reboot. He's from 06 oh, Sonic that's, okay. that's fair. Okay, all right. Uh, so get that pop on there. You can also get, we also have a Patreon um, and a T Public. I forgot to mention it here, but if we have masks. You know, guys, hey, I've been talking about it for weeks. I'm going crazy. Our, our topics were based on the, on the Gilligan's Island theme song. Come on, guys. I have anxiety when I leave my house. Wear your damn mask so I can go see my damn friends. Stop going to restaurants, too. Stop Please. going to restaurants. We have them. They are well priced. They are well. They are good quality, guys. Twelve dollars. Links in there are in the description. We sold a couple. Still a couple more. Do your wear, duty. Wear damn masks. Um, all those links in the description. T Public with the new Fickner Book Club. Uh, a T-shirt. Oh, Patreon with our two things. Uh, or you can find all our links on our website at www.fichtnerpodcast.com. All right, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciated all your support. Uh, these 200 episodes, guys, I can't believe it. 200 next yeah. week. Holy you shit. That means, it means we've done well over 200 things with all the specials and everything. Yeah. Well over. Well done, guys. We're probably, honestly, because our, um, our YouTube uh, uh, numbers are almost as the same as our regular numbers by now. So we're almost almost at 400 things. Hot <laughs> dog. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci. Um, Jeremy, uh, you've been a great supporter. We got some new new songs from him that we're discussing, whether or not uh, to debut on 200. So wait and see for that, I guess. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards, or you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, uh, on iTunes, facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official, or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. He's also on, on Spotify, and he's also on YouTube. Guy, very funny podcast. Very great stuff. Definitely check that one out. Brandon's definitely not saying that because he's in an episode. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was there. <laughs> Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike, you're great. I got your print hung up all, all nice and kind. I'll get you that list of perfect movies later. Um, you can find him at Mike Matola. I really want to get him on again. We've got to figure out how to do that. Yes. Uh, um, he, did our, he did our now three logos, one for Fickner Book Club. Uh, miscellaneous and Fickner podcast. This beauty um, that's by my face all day. All right, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, Fickner at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm a BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben, 
You can find me on the internet at BenMagnet27 for both Instagram and Twitter. And also, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. New articles going up tonight. Well, books. The link will be in the description below. Uh, Ryan? You can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere, and I'm um, maybe be streaming on YouTube, Twitch uh, this week under DJ Tony Snark 616. Bing bong. Dead There's a lot daylight. of Dead by Daylight on There's his YouTube. Eight, eight hours of it? Jeez Louise. <laughs> uh, Sparks. Uh, you can find me definitely playing Dead by Daylight at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Uh, we definitely don't say my real name on that stream. That doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, that's the line where we draw between professional and realist. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, rate and review. Where, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys. Stay.